Hey everyone, welcome to episode 72 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back, I'm Ben, and once again I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. BT, how are you today? Hello, I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'd be much better if I hadn't already decided this was episode 17, not 72, and then make everyone <laughs> everyone re-record the very first bit. Um, anyway, Ben, we're joined by some heroes of Blood Bowl. Why don't you introduce them for us? Yes, we're joined again by Sam and Milton, who uh, filled in on the <laughs> Blood Bowl 3 um, discussion where I was away, um, which was a great podcast. So we brought them back because they're fantastic. Uh, how are you guys? Yeah, doing good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Thank you. So we've got Sam Frenzy Garner, who did win uh, Tombstone, our, one of our tournaments. Sam, is it Tombstone you won? was Tombstone, yeah. It was Tombstone with his corn team. And we've got Miltonio Banderas, the block king as well. Now, the reason we've dragged these guys on again is not just because they're a great company, but because we all survived our first tournament of what feels like this century. Last weekend, it was Bonehead Bowl 2021. And we got together with nearly 20 people and had an awesome Blood Bowl tournament. And uh, yeah, so uh, other than Bonehead Bowl, Ben, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, we're going to be talking about yet another tournament that's coming up in a few weeks. And also we'll be going through a star player tier list, which uh, Milton had a great idea of uh, putting together our own personal tier lists of the new star players or well, revamped star players and reduced list of star players <laughs> and tiering them. And we'll compare against each other and see where we've placed each one. No, I'm looking forward to that. It was a, it was a cracking little idea, Milton. Um and uh, yeah, having seen them, I think we're gonna have. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna have some chats. I think there's definitely gonna be some talkings. My yeah, personal favourite is Sam's, and I think you guys would appreciate that one. Uh, so that's gonna be pretty good. <laughs> right. Uh, with that, then let's bounce on to news for Blood Bowl, and we've actually got quite a bit of news today. So let's begin. Okay, so we actually have some Games Workshop Blood Bowl news. It's not exactly what we're after. Um, I suppose before we even move on to this bit, we the the Ogre stuff, is that out now? They re-released the pitch yeah. and the dice? Is that what you were going to try and buy at Yeah, that, that was... That was out on Saturday. That was yeah. out on Saturday. Okay, so they're continuing going through all the pitches and re-releasing them, um, which is good, although it does make me think of, like, what was it, last week's podcast, Ben, where we were talking about Games Virtual Conspiracy Theories with, like, the the short orders of pitches and stuff, the carnage that ensued last year, and now they're like, nah, never mind, here it goes. Um, I mean, Milton, you're a bit of a dice hog. Are you expecting to see some of the older ones re-released? Like, the, the, what is it? The, which ones are the ones that are, like, £50 or something at the moment? Uh, Dark Elves, Undead, they're the most expensive. Nurgle as well. Undead? Yeah, yeah the Undead dice are quite rare. Cause, oh, nice. Um, yeah, they were um, they were kind of on that, that turning point between when like people started to really like seek them. Um, so there weren't that many, I think, sold. Ah, uh, yeah, I love mine. I think they're great. They're great for filming because they're really clear. Um, I would like the old ogre ones as well. The new ogre ones, that's the, the kind of red one. They look pretty good, but um, 
the old ones are the case. Anyway, Blood Bowl news. We've got an article in White Dwarf coming out. Uh, when is this White Dwarf out? I assume if it's got a preview, it's got to be like this week or next week or something. Episode four. It just says this month. I, I, yeah, I can't remember the, the date that they come out. Uh, episode 466, issue 466, has got referee rules. Uh, so red cards and rule keepers, Blood Bowl players might be firmly and understandably of the opinion that referees should keep their opinions to themselves. Unfortunately, that's not for them to decide, and this suite of rules offers you not just new ways to deal with misbehaving players, but profiles for two unique referees, Elnos Lawkeeper and Red Kerr Forgebeard. So we, we've got one basically double-page spread that we've seen in the preview, and these referees are going to be on the pitch, which we've talked about a couple of times, haven't we? We are. Mm. Yeah, we were, we were kind of wondering what they were going to do because they didn't have anything in the box for them. So we were like, why are they here? And I guess this explains why they're there. I kind of expected to see some rules for this in, in Death Zone. I mean, they got the inducements, but not yeah. the actual on-the-pitch stuff. Mm. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, as a goblin coach, Sam, I imagine that the opportunity to take out the referee would probably be pretty good. Yeah. You know what, if but they include it. that, then... Because he can be caught, even if you can't target him, he should surely be able to be targeted by like a bomb blast. That's fair. Or a thrown player landing on him, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have armor values? Why they give him stats for that? Do they have armor values? Yes, they do. Armor eight plus. That's so. That's the one they've provided in the screenshot. Is the one for like a generic referee, Mm -hmm. and they say um, in that blurry text that you can. what I can make out anyway. Um, you the, the the article will continue to include the rules for the dwarf and the elf that they include in the box. So I imagine they'd have different stats. This one seems to line up with other refs they've had, which are mostly like halflings, aren't they? Yeah, the halfling, like a halfling, halfling ref. and goblins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one makes a lot of sense. But no, I mean, initially it looks like uh, they are going to be on the pitch and they move after both players have taken their turn each time. Um I mean, we were talking before we started recording about that. I don't think, uh, what was it? We kind of likened it to a ball and chain, but a little bit less fun. Mm. Yeah, it's just more movement with less damage and carnage. So That's <laughs> it's right. kind of just, it sounds like a bit of a faff. I think you could, because pro- they go towards the ball anyway, you could probably yeah. just house roll it to move them up to as close as they can get to the ball, because that's going to be what they're doing anyway. Um, yeah, to move the referee, place yeah. the throw-in template over the referee, pointing towards either side zone or end zone in a direction towards the ball. Then roll a d6 and move the referee one square in that direction. Yeah, it's not... not. I mean, five squares is a bit of a nuisance. I think you described it, Ben, as a bit of a faff, and I think that's probably a polite way of saying it. But if the elf is movement six, ugh. <laughs> I hope they never have yeah. a skink referee. It would just be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, let's have a skink referee and movement eight. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, it'll be cool. It's a cool feature to have. Uh, and I am not going to lie. Like, while I love seeing articles and stuff, I am just a bit like, why is this not in a spike or uh, a death mm-hmm. zone? I mean, just so that the Blood Bowl players can get it all together. Because they're, they're starting to... This is Okay, this is not AOS or any other games, but there's starting to be quite a few different supplements that are coming in. Um, and you know when I do the monthly meta videos, it's like, and but there's this, and 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 that's before you even get to the NAF stuff as well. It's it's be like, hey, welcome to Blood Bowl. Um, it's not as bad as Adeptus Titanicus or Necromunda, but I don't know. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. So it's it's only fun, and this will probably be of no use at all to competitive Blood Bowl, which is potentially right, yeah. I think. 
Yeah, but it does add like some value to the core box set. It does. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, you know, if you're only interested in picking up a box game, you get the core box set, the two teams you want to play the game. You've been playing that since, when did it come out? Like November or something, was it? Yeah. Um, you know, you've got some games in and you've already got these minis and now you've got some extra rules to play with. Brings in a bit more variety. All you got to do is go out and grab the White Dwarf. Yeah, I mean, this is the, it's going to achieve the goal of selling us the White Dwarf. Um, I'll probably just do what Milton does, get the digital copy um, when it comes out. It's nice and quick. I do like that. Yeah, I think that's very useful. Anyway, talking of uh, getting more miniatures on the table, we have got uh, the Sunday preview last week for pre-order on Friday the 9th, which when this podcast airs will either be uh, tomorrow or yesterday, depending on whether you're a patron or not. Uh, we've got the model for Frankenstein Landing from Forgeworld this week. And, um, I mean, he's a bit of a divisive miniature. Uh I mean, what we are going to talk in depth about star players later, so let's not go too much into his rules and stuff. I mean, I love the big Hulk hand; that's cool. Um, he looks like the artwork. It looks like they drew a lot of inspiration from the artwork. Not all of the star players do that, so I think, yeah, quite like that. Was was this teased or leaked at some point? Because I feel like I've seen it before, like yeah. a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, they did okay. those. Uh, what um, is it? Pitch side reports, like. Once a month, they like spoiler a mini that's coming or something like that. Um, right. Okay. I mean, I think they've gone, they've done a, a, they've got, they've done a really good job of getting cohesive with their designs, and I really genuinely think it's got something to do with Blood Bowl three. Like, mm. I feel because we've yeah. seen some art for some of the other uh, stars, we've seen some other stars in the Blood Bowl three trailers now, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, but like, they've they've gone. And they've solidified a load of the art choices and the models and the game and the art all really line up really well, which is probably good for mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's who. Um, I, oh, it's a tough one because I, it's quite a cool miniature. Um, I do like the Punga one better. Uh, yeah, the- I was going to say that. I, I think the Punga one is uh, hands down my favourite. But um, yeah, it's not bad. Nah. Punga one's cool. He's got some funky 3D glasses as well. We gave a couple away uh, as spot prizes um, at, uh, at Bonehead Bowl as well, which and it went down pretty well. Anyway, what, what do you reckon price-wise for this guy when he lands from Forge World? Probably too much. <laughs> Absolutely too much. <laughs> but is it going to be is it going to be the lower end of too much at like twenty one pounds the same as everything else, or is it going to be pushing a higher price bracket because he's a strength five boy? I mean, how much mm. was um, uh, the Zote? Is it like 40? Too much. Something like that. Yeah, I think 35. I think there's like... Um, I don't um... think he'd be that. I think he'd be around 25. He's still just a dude, really. It, should, like, it shouldn't be any more than that, to be fair. Let's uh, let's hope not. I mean, I'll pick one up and we'll have a look at the size and everything. And I think I've still got one of the Punga ones, so we can actually do a comparison as to what the miniature, uh, which miniature you can go with. I don't know. I like it. It's cool. It's nice to have more Blood Bowl releases. I am absolutely gagging for a new team, though. I just, I just want another spike. I feel a bit bad because I guess we've had like loads of teams, but it would be really nice to have another spike. Um, anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. So, do I have the next bit lined up for us? I do not. So, we'll just talk about it now. Just today, um, Blood Bowl three released a new trailer. Had some stuff about getting sponsors on the go, but in the video was uh, three star players that do not have models at the moment. 
the Kraken Eye guy, um, the Dark Elf dude. Yeah, Kernoff. That's it. Kernoff, Kraken Eye was in there, although I think we've seen him before in the Blood Bowl 3 footage. Uh, the Verminator was in there, Creek Rust Gouger, the Skaven Ball and Chain dude, and also uh, Withergrass Double Draw, the, or Dribble Draw, Double Draw, Dibble, I don't know, the, um, the Chaos dude with two heads and tentacles and stuff. So we've got those. We've seen those in BB3. We've also seen Ripper. I mean, how are they? And we've seen Max Spleen Ripper now. Okay, so that's at least two Chaos Star players. When are we going to see them on the tabletop? When are we going to see them on the tabletop? Probably when the game releases, which is in many, many years, I think, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. Maybe they. I don't know. Like, I think it would be nice to see them on the tabletop before 2022 but um we are you know in the second half now of the year uh these star players they're releasing like frankenstein are coming out pretty slow this is a lot so either they do what we've discussed before and they release like a big star player pack with them all at once um or they're it's going to be quite some time i think before we see these we've also seen that would be my best guess is a star player pack well, that's that's what I thought as well. I, but then Death Zone dropped, and it was not that at all. I mean, another star. It would be lovely to see some of the Goblin stars again, Sam, as well, and would help with some Goblin lost list building. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm still convinced that they're going to do um, spikes based on like they did with Necromantic. You do like a, a spike for that faction with a bunch of them stars, and then like we've seen like a slow trickle of stars from that spike. Oh, you just gave me an idea. Uh, what if they release a star player spike, not a new team one? What, just just, like, just star players. players. I mean, yeah. that that would be cool. That would that would be cool. But they'd need to release some models to go with it. Um, and I mean, like you guys said, they're they're landing very slowly. And it's cool to get Frankenstein, but it's coming out in the middle of July, and the spike came out in November. That's nine months. We still haven't seen the model for Wilhelm, uh, no, for Bruce Campbell, um, uh, Bryce the Slice, who's like one of the other missing star players. We haven't seen the model for Rumbelo Sheepskin yet either. And we have seen the model for Max Spleen Ripper, which means, I don't know, I wonder if it's because that stuff's Forge World. It seems to be being run by the same people that brought you Warhammer 30k. Um, which is just completely like random. I swear they just sit in a box and just roll that shiny new D16 and figure out who to release in the next three months. <laughs> and let's have... Then, like you say, like they haven't given us a model for Cheney or Bryce, and they came out in the Necromantic spike, so do they have to, do they have to give us models if they did a Spike Star Player magazine? Actually, that is a reasonable point. That's a that's a fair point. I and mean, in 2016, how many how many models did we have for star players? Oh, five. Like five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, they don't. You know, if they didn't exist for the old rule set, there's nothing to say that they necessarily can't revisit that sort of trend. It doesn't feel like a very Games Workshop thing to do at the moment, though. <laughs> Promise the world. And... You know. <laughs> well, I don't know. They, they just seem to be uh, kind of control with all of their games, kind of controlling the rules flow to match up with miniatures that they actually build, they actually provide, they actually sell. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, that said, 
you know, Cheney is probably one of the most popular stars out there at the moment, and there is no model for him, but I think R&E Studio are doing very well on their sales. <laughs> and I think Punga's star players are pretty good as well. Um, I hadn't considered Punga's star players, actually, for Wilhelm. Ah, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Or a bonehead bow, I think. Uh, was there? I, don't, I can't remember if there was a Punga one, but we had yeah. the Kemri team running Wilhelm. Oh, that Kemri team was, was real nice. That Kemri team was, was really nice. We'll talk about that in a bit. You're quite right, Ben. Okay, Loki. So news-wise, we've covered that. We've covered Games Workshop. There is a very cool Grebo Kickstarter coming up as well. I got a box of goodies this weekend. Let's see if I've got it up here. Do I have it here? The Kickstarter from Grebo. It is there. It's another one of the Cutimals, um range. Control base. Let's bring that one up here. Put it on the screen. Have you guys seen uh, this stuff coming through from Greenway? Yeah, it's it's scary. There we go. Can I get that up there? Oh, I've accidentally reported the page. That's not what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Alessio. Uh, flagged it up as spam. So it's a weird concept it is lemurs so the cutables range are like they've got like the penguin norse guys they've got the little chaos bunny rabbits and things like that they are very cool um and tiff loves the cutables ranges so it's really cool to see these come out um although i feel like the ones i've got have got slightly different hats that's interesting that is interesting anyway they are very cool they are very stylized they are not like the most blood bowly miniatures but Grebo sculpting is fantastic and their printing slash casting the way they do Grebo at uh, the Greeblood is just absolutely amazing so the models are so cool I'm really impressed by now there should be a video of our preview where we look at the models look and see what some of the teams you can build but the pump wagons are amazing like they're just ridiculous they're mm. just like these weird little carts that are being driven by these lemurs and pushed around like and there's literally guys like running on the side the side of the wheel inside the wheel to power them it's really cool i'm really excited to see how well it does because this is i think their best um cutimals team it's definitely a lot more cute than the other ones like some of the other ones get a bit gribbly don't they um mm -hmm. like tiff's looked at some of them and she's like oh that's cute and then looks again and she's like oh it's really not but with the exception of the uh the monkey going full moon they're actually really really <laughs> standard cute miniatures and uh i don't know it's cool I, i'm always excited by a Grebo release and this is about up there don't know what the prices are going to be yet because they haven't got the kickstarter brewed up it might be live by now when the podcast goes out but um, when we got the preview villages, we didn't have like their breakdown of the tiers or anything like that. But there's kind of two teams in there. There's the little Lima guys and there's the chimps. So I think there'll probably be a couple of different pledges for basically snotlings, halflings level and uh, like goblins and wood elves and things like that. There's a ton of teams. Really impressed with them. And um, I've nearly started painting them uh, as in the same as everything. I've got him primed brown. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> build it prime yeah, it true. move on to the next team uh which is a little bit sad so we've got those as well and then there's a little tournament news as well sand bowl is coming up on the 24th of july milton i don't think rob's finished uh taking submissions yet has he i don't think so no i think there's still some spaces left 
cool so yeah this said this podcast is going live on the 10th um so it's in two weeks time as this airs if you're not coming along genuinely consider it uh, there's a really cool bunch there's a bunch of guys who went to bonehead bowl including most of us unfortunately sam is working um yeah. we're going to be traveling across the world to the isle of Wight. To, to Milton's hometown and playing some Blood Bowl, not running an event, just genuinely there to play and have a good time. And it's going to be really cool. So if you are anywhere near somewhere where you can get to the Isle of Wight, I know it's expensive to go to the Isle of Wight in theory, but I don't know. I think it'll be pretty fun. Uh, if there's a if there's a few of you going, you can kind of split the cost and it's not too bad. And it's always nice to have a bit of an adventure. So yeah, mooch on down to that. Let Rob know. I've got the link in the show notes. Then our next tournament is going to be the 6th of November. Um, it is called the Bomvember Bowl. We haven't quite decided whether it's going to be 11s or 7s yet. And there will be something explosive in there, whether it's bombardiers or wizards or something. There will be explosions. There will be carnage. We will get the rules set up soon. But put that in your diaries because hopefully there will be no COVID restrictions. So this time, the tournament was limited to 24 people not going to be limited okay and i'm basically thinking that you can probably fit like 40 people in there so it's gonna be a very good event and it's november so it won't be like sweaty hot uh like (laughs) our last overstacked tournament so yeah that's going to be an enjoyment in pool which is a lot easier to get to than the isle of wight so if you're not going to come see us at the isle of wight come down to pool in november and then if you can't make either of those two-day tournament in february in beachhead 11s on the saturday sunday is sevens they the events combine if you can only go to one that's fine but if you go to both there will be extra prizes it's going to be massive event already start brewing up prizes and stuff already got dice uh on the way or at least some tester dice from moko which is cool it's going to be really good fun so this is like tournaments are back and we are i don't know i had a great time at bonehead and i am now like yeah. proper juiced up for tournaments because it was just awesome fun awesome yeah there's it's like one of my favorite environments is there's a blood bar tournament i just think it's it's really great um yeah i never thought i'd be like competitive i enjoyed the competitive scene before like actually trying out blood bar tournaments and it's like one of my favorite things now it, it's it's really 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 good fun right that wraps up news we're gonna bounce to hobby and then we'll go into depth on tournaments Okay, so hobby time, and normally, like when there's a tournament, I spend the Friday night before painting things, and I didn't have to this time, which was wonderful. So let's let's move the shame wagon around here. So uh, who wants to who wants to confess first to tournament last minute hobby? Ooh, well yeah, done. I was definitely oh, there. You go, that. yes, nice job, Milton. So what's been on the painting yeah. table for you? Well, I think I discussed it last time I was here on the podcast. Um, I ran Helmet Wolf in uh, in the tournament, and I made an orc version called Elmet the Wolf. Um, I ran out of time painting him. It was very lastminute.com. I got some base colors on him. There were more than three colors on him. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was definitely my, my shame. But... Um, Today I built the Black Orc team and a trained troll, and I am very excited to uh, get them on the tabletop. What do you think to the Black Orc team? Oh, they're superb. I I wasn't really quite sure about them, but um, 
having actually got them in my hands and having gone through and built them, I just think they're they're like the best um, sprue I've had of any Blood Bowl team, to be honest. Like the variety with the head swaps, like every single uh, mini in the box is unique. I don't think I've had that from any of my other teams. No, the Orc ones have got double sculpts. The oh yeah, the Orc ones. The Undead yeah. have got double sculpts. Uh, lizards Definitely. have double scopes. Everything, 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 uh, everything. Everything does, yeah. So actually, I think, yeah, this is definitely the first from Games Workshop that has had like a completely unique across the board, um, which is cool, really cool. And they're nice, chunky models, and they've come together really nicely. There's loads of personality. There's a couple of fiddly bits with it, like one of the goblins is kind of like on his fingers oh and that toes. one does my head yeah, in um that I'm... that was a bit of a pain i mean i guess and... the proper thing to do is plastic cement like polystyrene cement him to the plastic base but yeah that's what i've done yeah i, oh, um... I don't know i tend to base stuff first especially when there's like points of contact you don't want those fingers to be basically underground which is what would, what would no, happen yeah, if you like glued his fingers to the base and then put like PVA and stuff on it? Would just look like sand and stuff around it. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of like in the ground. But I'll probably put snow and stuff over the top of it anyway, so I'm not no. too worried about that. But that'll be, that'll uh, the be. other the other bit was um, like one of the black orcs. His hand is like free floating. It doesn't like kind of push into a a joint. You kind of just have to like sort of line it up with the muscle structure. Um, that was a bit of an odd one because like everything else is pretty much push fit you know it kind of like goes into a groove and just like this one random one has like a floating hand and then i put the troll together i've put a troll together before but i mean that's that's a fiddly little kit i still is haven't the... built that troll is this one with the ankle where he's oh the ankle <laughs> is just yeah i i the one that came with the box set i screwed it up big time like there's so much dried poly cement on his yeah I, his... I did exactly the same thing sam when i built my first one of those i, I, I kind of had a i had an i had a, a, head, a heads up on this one but even though i had that it still drove me a bit insane yeah um, i think i think i ended up getting rid because he's got like a bear trap around his wrist or something is it uh, no it's, it's yeah. around yeah it's around his ankle around his ankle just, sorry yes yeah. just to join join it up isn't it so I, yeah i think i ended up just chucking it away and gluing the 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 foot to the the bottom of the leg yeah yeah no i can i did well i did the same thing the first time around and then i like cut it and glued it back on it was just a mess <laughs> absolute mess that is a fiddly fiddly kit i mean it looks great once you've got to do it all together but um Having put together the black orcs and been like, "Oh, this is the breeze, lovely." Uh, he really trolled me. <laughs> awful, awful. No, I I don't actually like that that troll though very much. Uh, you know me; I'm a big fan of trying to find big guys in other ways. Oh, it's no longer available on the website, which is interesting. I can only oh, assume wow. that's. Uh... Oh, I can see the little bare foot thing now. Yeah. Oh, on his so on the foot that's on the ground, not the one. Yeah, that... on the foot that's on his ground, yeah. that foot is separate, entirely separate, and that little ankle thing is separate. And you put the ankle thing in in order to connect the two together, um, okay. which is so fiddly. If you so if you do what I did, where I assembled the entire troll, and then glued the foot to the base, and then tried to glue the troll to the foot, and it was just too heavy. It was having none of it. <laughs> oh man. Oh uh, dear, yeah. It's um, 
So what, what do you prefer then? If you don't like that one, what would you go for? The Forge World one? Troll-wise, the Rockgut Troggoths are just... Okay, yeah, so you'd, you'd yeah. just get a, um, uh, the, an AOS. They're just the best, the man. Um, yeah, Rockgut. Yeah, they are cool. Cool, very cool. I actually really like the new um, Punga ones for the Snotling team. That's the STL files. They're like kind of... Um, like a river water troll. inspired they, they work they work i really like those for yeah like the river trolls yeah they kind of look like those but punga have um their own sculpts for it i just think they look like proper roll blood bowl I, they they really nailed those definitely uh, be adding some of them into a troll team i do like the yeah punga. no that's cool i do like the punga ones but uh i don't know man the rock guts are just perfect I mean, they have I a lot of a lot of options, don't they? And they have a lot of personality. Um, cool. Yeah, I've got your two actually, Milton, that you you discarded, and those are the ones I ended up using for my Snotling team. Yeah, I've I've still got one for my Underworld team. Ah. At the time, I didn't really need those other two, and you said you needed them, so I was kind of like, well, it's fair. Well, now you need a Rat Ogre um, for the Underworld team, apparently, as that seems to I've be got one of those two. That seems to be the top tier choice these days. Underworld with a rat ogre, a million snotlings, and hackflem. That seems to be well, so that's, very popular. That's the other hobby I've got to start, which is we uh, we are going to do a garden stunty league, and I'm going to run Underworld, no Skaven, except for you can choose the rat ogre as a big guy. So um, I need to get cracking with those as well. That sounds brilliant. And I'm also thinking about whether I think a, a Norse or a corn team. So I've got a lot going on. <laughs> so maybe you don't want Games Workshop to release another team anytime soon. As you've got the Black Orcs and some other homebrew stuff on the go. I don't know. Like I think even if they were to like release a team of legends or I think the only thing that they could release that might I might just like go straight for would be a Savage Orc team. Oh, that was... which is not impossible because there was one in the app along with nobility and obviously we've seen nobility i mean and i believe we've discussed in the past that they could be a corn kind of replacement with the frenzy and that is something i can put i could put, i could see them potentially doing if they take the corn team with that amount of frenzy and replace it with the savage orc team and then do a corn team more in line with uh Chaos Chosen and Nurgle, and then they could do a, ser- a series of Chaos, cha- like Chaos God, Chaos teams with the Warriors and the the Pestigors and stuff like that. I could see them doing that, but and I think that Savage Orcs would be awesome. I really do think that would be brilliant, and it would kind of fix the uh, the Bloodthirster problem, uh, which is that that guy is great, but potentially like playing a uh, kill team with a Reaver Titan. Um, but you know, <laughs> on the blood bowl pitch, I mean, <laughs> Sam, you're a bit of a a bit of a well, you and Ben are both frenzy heads. Uh, although, did you see? Oh, was it? Um, oh, was it Adam? Or it wasn't Gary? I think it might have been Adam at the uh, at the tournament who had the corn tattoo, or you know, uh, scarification. Awesome. Was, was he the commitment. staff that was running the corn team? No, that was Gary. 
There was a, a, a okay. I think it might have been Adam who played against him. Yeah, he's got like a little corn scar tattoo on his arm, which I thought was this. So it was there was serious commitment. Uh, yeah, it was like a proper corn off. It was wicked. So, uh, <laughs> so, so Sam, what's on the table for you at the moment, man? What have you been painting? Uh, the table is totally clear at the moment because I was busy rushing everything to get finished for. Uh... For bonehead bowl, so I finished my trolls in a very hurried fashion. Like that's the one there. Yeah, team. Team was awesome on the days. Um, that work seriously paid off. Um, yeah, I mean, I I finished. So I finished the rest of the team months ago, and then just kind of lost. So I I was testing out some wet blending on the trolls, and it frustrated me no end i couldn't get it right <laughs> and i ended up like you know in a tantrum chucking them in the in their box and leaving them in the cupboard and moving on to something else and then when it was like when bonehead bowl was real it was like oh i've got a week left <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's get them painted but yeah that week was basically from scratch painting both the trolls and then yeah <laughs> nothing's more motivating than the week before before a tourney that's for exactly, sure exactly yeah I, I mean, I yeah. totally gave, I, I gave up on my um, on my mission of of getting wet blending down. I was just like, let's get, let's let's finish it, please. You know. But the thing is, unless you're doing, thankfully you finish them. Like, does it feel good to have that done so you don't have to revisit it now? Yeah. But you can yeah. you can revisit it, and this is what I I this is I think this is probably a lie I tell myself is right. Let's get the basic the basic paint job done, and then when I'm feeling fancy, I can go back and add the seven layers of highlights and do the cool blending stuff. <laughs> slash, just build and prime another team brown, and then uh, get distracted, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I feel like is the trademark. But no, man, the team looked absolutely fantastic. So if you got like an open hobby space now, Sam. I wouldn't call it open. I mean, I've got two gyrocopters that are built and not painted for no army in particular. I've got my <laughs> giant to finish. I've got the Star Wars stuff, the yeah. and stuff. Just please don't talk to me about my <laughs> what I've got to do next. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Good. I don't want you feeling too good about yourself. Uh, being like, boom, got this team painted. <laughs> I mean, Milton's got seven teams on the go. At least you've got seven games worth of stuff on the go, and that's without even mentioning the Warmaster stuff. Or is Lee is Lee taking yeah. care of all the Warmaster stuff? He has printed it all, so I need uh, when we, when we meet up. I think we're going to have a a uh, grey plastic battle, <laughs> and then I'll take my army away with me and never paint it. Yeah, I think contrast <laughs> works pretty well on on small scale stuff. Like, yeah, I uh, think so. um, that'll be fine. Or the, the I mean, I, like for like the forty iron breakers, I'm just going to spray them silver and and dip them in known oil. Yeah. Oh, I love small scale gaming. It's so good. That works for <laughs> small scale stuff. Small tanks and spaceships is just awesome. I love it so much. Right, BT, circled round to you, man. How Speaking those of small scale? I'm just clipping away some lines yeah. on the Bretonians. Yes. <laughs> so that these two were like. Uh, well, the, these two have been talking about them, and like we just said, Sam's been Sam and his brother have been have been printing out loads of stuff for Warmaster. I wanted to revive the printer, and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll revive it with something that's pretty easy to print. Because I was talking to your brother Lee at the tournament and saying it was just easily just like non-stop, and I'm just like, that sounds like an easy print. And because yeah, you don't have to do anything for these. Yeah, so I printed out some Ooh, some horses. It's um, such I've got an more easy in print. the printer at the moment. 
Yeah, um, and the I was also like, I was playing Vermintide at the weekend, and I got the Grail Knight for the uh, for Marcus Kruber, and I was just like, oh, I just want I want to live out the Bretonian fantasy. So I got, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll probably at some point paint up these. Uh, in the meantime, still working on Necrons. That's going to be my hobby update for the next like fifty years. Um, <laughs> painting up a Necron. Was it three three thousand, four thousand points all in? So four, four and a half thousand points, yeah, um, over the course of about six months. Um, You've done very well so yeah. far. Yeah, hopefully. Um, it's uh, sort of getting into the rhythm of it now. I've got the order of things to do. Um, I've got the plan on my wall behind the computer. Um, and it's all going to plan, so it's fine. It's just sometimes I want to paint my own thing. So I've, bought, I've, I've, bought, I've ordered a few things that I might take a little break out of the commission just to do something for myself along with these horses, which, I mean, won't take too long either. Just shove different colours on the horses, but on the horse bardings and probably job done. Yeah. So, yeah. Small scale stuff. Yeah. Paints up so quick. Sorry, Sam? Have you got a deadline for this commission? Uh, <laughs> I gave a rough time frame of six okay. months. But, like, it's kind of ahead of schedule at the moment. Um, I think the the... The person it's for, they wanted to do like an apocalypse game at Christmas. So basically, okay. by Christmas, yeah. Cool. Is it, it easier be... to do when when like there's a deadline, and especially because the deadline's not for yourself, really? Maybe that's yeah. The I've set a um... when it's somebody else. Yeah, what I've done is I've set a uh, weekly update. So I on a, on each Monday, I give a Monday update, and that encourages me to have something done by Monday. So busy Sunday yeah, night. So sort of a soft deadline is a soft week deadline to just do something and to update. Yeah. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> Set up like a Monday update. <laughs> and if there's nothing <laughs> done, then uh, there's a forfeit. Get it in for Whip Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Get it in for Whip Wednesday. That'll be justice. Very true. I always forget. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, uh, well. Uh, so my hobby table has been cleared and reset. I've taken this time to sort out a bunch of stuff and uh, included the reset the studio as well. One thing I have got is a Warplock Minis Tree Man, who is a big boy. I've printed a couple of these guys off. So Warplock Minis do Arc World. Uh, they also do 10 mil halflings, which is quite fun. Uh, and along with that, they they did some random 32 mil Tree Men. I was like, well, they look absolutely prime for blood bowl and let me tell you they are prime for blood bowl so i've got them and now they are primed for blood bowl so ready to go um got the last few snotlings ready to be the riotous rookies for the snotling team for the bonehead championship and now i've got these grebo minis that i just i am just going to paint like i don't even care i whether i run them or not i just want to paint something fun a bit of a palette cleanser and then as we said it's two weeks now when the podcast comes out to the tournament and as we'll talk about shortly i have no idea what roster to run i imagine that there is going to be some some tournament painting i might have to jump on and do a hobby stream just to get it done um because i've got no idea what roster to do i'm in a lucky spot where because we do so much seven stuff i've got like a bunch of sevens teams so if i want to take one of those i'm only gonna have to paint like five guys which is a bit of a a bit of a boon but no idea what I'm going to take, so my hobby is just pending right now, and that is potentially quite scary. But still, still good fun. And then uh, yeah, the motivation will will come. There there will be there will be something which is like oh that needs I really want to or have to get that done, and that, that's always the bits which uh, seize for me at least. I know that I'm going to have to paint at least one star player because of the way that the Isle of White 
sand bowl is built that you have to take a star. So I will have to pay at least one dude, no matter what team I take. And that that's quite fun because, I mean, there's loads of great Patreons out there for Blood Bowl. There's loads of good STLs, even if I have to get the RNE stuff and support it myself. Um, you know, <laughs> which never goes well. There's that, and I got I got two two trays worth of uh, hiles off the printer as well in ten mil scale, just because I don't know something different happened. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Right, I think we've done the the the, uh, the walk of shame when it comes to hobby and pretty good progress. So, shall we talk about bonehead ball? Shall we go for it? Okay. Yeah. Right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So last weekend we had our first tournament of the year. In fact, what first tournament for nine months since we somehow managed to sneak in a Mega Bowl in October, which kind of feels a bit surreal. Um, absolutely chuffed with the turnout we uh we were capped due to covid numbers due to social distancing so we had uh, capped at 24 um a couple of guys dropped out before and we did manage to have a couple of people lined up as well as it got to the day we ended up with 18 players out of 24 being able to make it we had several people isolating and several people just got hit with like real world stuff which always happens you know they always say 10 percent of a tournament drops out so that's three and then we had another three kind of covid isolation stuff which is very responsible of everybody to do that so that's pretty decent so you end up with 18 coaches and you know what that was absolutely brilliant so we had nine tables of blood bowl we were in toyment and in toyment is a fantastic venue they had all the tables spaced out. They had barriers in between each table as well. Um, and it was just fantastic to be back in a tournament setting. And because we had an uneven number, Ben got dragged into playing as well. Milton came across from the island, ended up going solo because Rob couldn't make it. Uh, Rob's the guy who's running Sandball. And Sam came down with his brother. Came down, came left, came right, came left with his brother and uh, got on the Blood Bowl train as well. We got to play with a bunch of cool guys that we'd seen in some of our other tournaments. We had a bunch of tournament winners there, you know, and it was really cool to see everybody and to just be back in in Toyment land. So um, I figured what we'd do is we'd just talk about the rosters, talk about the outcome, and just talk about how good it was to be back in a tournament setting. So I think it's only fair that we start with our... Uh, honorary foreigner of the episode milton what was your roster for the bonehead bowl so uh i brought my orcs my typical orcs um well they weren't quite typical this time because as i mentioned earlier i brought helmet wolf as a star player instead of a troll and or a re-roll and an extra lineman um so I dropped down from my usual three re-rolls and an extra guy to uh, two re-rolls and Helmet Wolf. And, um, yeah, it was good. Um, uh, what we got? Didn't necessarily play out the way that I thought it was going to, <laughs> but um, I had three great games. Um, nah. So... Uh, I mean, Do you want me to go through the games now? Or? Yeah, let's do it. So who did you have in the first round? So um, I played against Richard, Richard Saxby, who's uh, one of our local club members. He was playing Kemri, oh. his, uh, his brilliant team, the the New Forest Chemtrees, which are like um, uh, sort of um, tree man based uh, Kemri team. Um, 
That was a funny game. So, Helmet was my absolute MVP in that. <laughs> Off the bat, he was chopping trees down like you can imagine. That's what that chainsaw was there for, and he was lumberjacking his way through Richard's team. Um, I think he had three casualties in the first three or four turns. Oh, that's horrific. Which is pretty good going. Um, yeah. Um, we had a pretty... So that was... That was uh, Pretty good turnout with two fun, different Kemri but... rosters of the day. Um, yeah, but you were not man to man with the full on, full strength whack of the four Tomb Guardians. Uh, what was the? Did you end up winning that one or drawing that one in the end? No, that was a draw. It was um, it was bizarre. I mean, we spent the whole game in Richard's half. I mean, I had I had the presence on the field, but every time I went for a go for it or needed to do a dodge, I failed it. Reroll, failed it. Every single time, go for it. I had two, two. Well, they're called rushes now, aren't they? Two rushes uh, towards the end zone to score. Failed them. Reroll. Failed them. Um, and then poor old Richard kept getting double skulls. I think he got four or five double skulls. I did. I um, did. I did hear the double skulls like shouts go up. And so we were. Um, we weren't really getting anywhere. It was kind of just back and forth, back and forth. Each turn was just as crazy as the next. But it was really good fun, you know. Like it was so unexpected, and I was just so happy to get helmet, like chopping people down. That just made me smile. <laughs> That's all I wanted. I tell you what, what we'll do is we'll bounce to Sam. We'll all do round one, and then we'll just go through the rounds real quick. So Sam, Sounds your good. roster. I genuinely, even though I printed out your team sheet for the pack and everything, genuinely thought you were running corn. I have no idea why. I assume it's because I call you Sam Frenzy Garner. Um, uh, but it wasn't corn. It was it was quite the opposite. So what was your roster on the day? It, so it's uh, it was goblins on the day. <clears throat> I basically took everything that you can take bar the hooligan. I think that covers it, the uh, roster. I think that's about right, yeah. So 1.1 million, took two bribes, three re-rolls, and then everything under the sun, except for the hooligan, who I think is massively overpriced for what he does. Uh, I like the hooligan, but only if you've got a lot of guard, because where guard helps with fouling, that dirty player and yeah. sneaky git works out really well. But if you don't have a lot of guard, then it's it's kind of its own thing, like it's its own secret weapon. Yeah. But, yeah, if you've got guard, it's but, awesome. But yeah, so uh, you want me to go into my first... Match. Yeah, hit it up, man. I think. So I've got I played. Is it Wayne, the chap who, who ended up? Uh, yeah, that, that, that is, is it. it. There isn't it? Yeah, first round so, was against Underworld. Underworld, and that's right. Yeah, Wayne was our uh, beachhead champion from last year, um, with the four big guy roster. Uh, last year, year before. Yeah, last year. It was 2020. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I don't know anymore. Like pre-snap, <laughs> pre-snap. Anyway, wasn't it? Um, it was. <laughs> so, how was the round, Sam? It was really tough. I uh, so I won the toss and chose to receive. I think, or he won the toss and kicked me. Either way, I received, and I was planning on stretching it out to make the most out of my weapons and stuff because he's got a lot of low armor players. But he put so much pressure on so early that I had to just go for the throw teammate. I scored in turn two or three, I think it was, turn three, and then spent basically 14 turns just defending. I ended up slipping and losing 2-1. But it was, I mean, I think I, I casualty his Rat Ogre early, early. <laughs> nice. 
Um, I ended up on a, on a positive on casualties, to be honest. Um, that doesn't surprise just, me with your team. Yeah, uh, running up against against those guys. So, did you what what skill do you give the trolls? Trolls both had grab. What did you reckon to it? Did it work out all right? A couple of times. I mean, so the the plan was the trolls would use grab to put people in the way of the fanatic. Oh, nice. And give him stuff to block. That never came up, ever. <laughs> but it it was helpful, first of all, to be able to position players where I wanted them, and second of all, because Snotlings being able to sidestep. Um, just mm. cancel that out. I really do Which think again, true. Wasn't, that, that wasn't even part of the plan, but it just worked out that way. Ooh, five casualties that round, actually, Sam. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I think it was a rat ogre and then four snotlings. But yeah. Hey, uh, you know, as the memes say, winning's winning, whether it's by an inch or a mile. Hashtag family. So no, that's good. Um, getting the casualties in, whether it's a snotling or a rat ogre. Uh, <laughs> Dom approves. No, that's wicked. Um, a tough, tough gig as well. I mean, defending against Underworld when they are running the gutter runner and hack phlegm. They're always a two plus or three plus away from a touchdown. It, it doesn't even matter. That's it. It, yeah. it was just, um, yeah. I mean, and so he, I think he injured my. No, that happened in the third game. Um, but yeah, my my weapons were pretty much out of commission fairly early. And the bomber did nothing really in the first match. Ah, oh, missing hail mary. I mean, that's such a such a sad nerf. That one to be losing Hail Mary. I, I took pass and it was good. I mean, I it was hot and I don't think I I only must have failed maybe two or three passes in the whole tournament. So I'll take that. Nah, I like it. So first round missed out there. BT subbing in at the last minute. What team did you bring to the day and how was your first very bloody blood tithe round? So I, I did bring corn. Yeah. Um, uh, I was one of two corn teams on the day. Um, I whipped up the roster, just think I'd say oh, I have this, just stand in if um, we need even numbers. And yeah, fortunately for me, I did because I got to play. Um, and yeah, no, I I freaking love this team. Um, <laughs> I was running the the bloodthirster three blood letter um, build with it with two rerolls which is quite risky with corn but it gives you a lot of punch and a lot of reliability with the blood letters because they're my ball carriers so um yeah i got matched up against dave with dark elves in the first round and uh yeah this was pretty pretty bloody i was like hey hey dave um great we're playing against each other take a seat and first turn two two dark elves dead uh second turn another two dead <laughs> um my corn team was just like mincing these dark elves up and getting four early casualties in the first two turns really did help swing the game. Um, yeah, ended up being a two 0 win. Um, it was uh, it was yeah, he it was quite brutal back as well. He, yeah, he got a couple casualties back as well really early. I think also his first turn got a casualty. So I think in the first two turns there were five players casualties. Um, oh, Dan's and... Dan's played dark elves forever. Like he he knows dark elves, he, he mm-hmm. and I came over and you had like five of his guys off the pitch. He was literally like barely running a sevens team, and um, he was like, "No, I'm gonna play to my outs. Like I've got an angle here. I don't need anything more than that." Um, he did. 
Yeah, sorry, I said 2-0, it was 2-1, because I remember he was very, very nearly a draw. He he was playing six players against uh, nine, I think, for most of the game, uh, or six against ten. Um, and one of those was at least the Bloodthirster. Really, yeah, he, he did extremely well. Um, was a really close game. Um, but yeah, it was still a very good game, and Korn... The frenzy was in my favour, which is always nice when playing corn because it can very much be the other way around. Oh, you did, you so. did run a couple of guard as well, and the block with the double mm-hmm. on the bloodthirster probably didn't. Yeah, uh, hang about. I did come up. I did forget it and burn through one of my loner rerolls, and then remembered oh, I had it, so I, was, I took the both down. I was and it was fine. Say, I think <laughs> I remember coming over and you were like, "Oh no, both down." And I was like, "Doesn't he have juggernaut?" Yeah, I didn't realise he actually just well. had block. Yeah. He just had block. <laughs> you could have just punched the dude yeah. to the ground. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah. No, it was very cool to see the corn yeah. team. I was chuffed to see two corn teams, actually. Two corn teams and two Tomb Kings. Like, it was it was nice to see some pretty fringe playable teams actually out there. Um, and, yeah, going into the end, like, after the, the, the after the scores of the first round, we had Lee destroying his opponent with his Ogre roster, um, somehow swinging it back against corn. actually. That corn team got a bloodthirster touchdown which was awesome wow. to see. I wandered over and uh, and Lee's opponent was just like, you know what, I'm just going to... I think that was Gary, actually. He was just like, oh, I'm just going to go for it. I declare a blitz on Griff. I'm not even going to bother. And wandered over and just freeballed the five plus to pick up the ball and just ran it in. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so I kind of walked away from that table thinking, oh, that's that's tough, Lee. That's tough. And next thing I know, he's won 2-1. Um, smashing some face in there. That was, that was a tough sitch for Gary. But no, it was cool. Like, going into the first round, we're like... Kemri are doing great. Corn are doing great. Uh, you know, Ogres are doing great. This is this is really interesting. Then round two is when it kind of plateaued a bit. So Milton. Um, well, I tell you what, Milton. Who did you play in round two? Oh well, I played Sass. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Let me see if I. This can. was a very interesting game. Um, so, spoiler, right? I think, like, and I discussed this earlier about how I basically only got some uh, some base colours down on, on Helmet. I think <laughs> the amount of paint I put on him was exactly the amount of juice he had to play the games because I got to play with him in round one and I did not get to play with him in round two or three because for the very first turn of round one, Sam managed to rush his ball and chain off the line twice and casualty helmet <laughs> who was five squares away um just whipped and yeah so through. he sat he sat the game out from turn one which uh, that's kind of cunning tactics that's kind of relying on him being able to take out either the ball and chain guy or the trolls or something that was just kind of in the way or just maybe just to go around and hack down some goblins to sort of like lower the numbers but yeah it all kind of like trickle from there um well the 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 outcome is this sam absolutely destroyed me it was it's by far the most brutal game the Monstars have ever suffered. I think I had seven, was it, in the casualty box at the end? Three yeah. of them were big uns. Yeah. Um, I had three in the knockout. I think there were only two players left. It. Um, um, I did swing by and uh, I wondered what the heck had happened. <laughs> it was just a yeah, goblin so, team. Um, 
I think Sam, like, and the thing is, is like, I don't even think I rolled particularly badly. So I can't even be mad about it. I think Sam just rolled phenomenally. Like there wasn't, there wasn't hardly a single D six that he rolled in that game that wasn't a six or a five. <laughs> I mean, he was rolling elevens or twelves, yeah. like pretty consistently throughout the entire thing. It must have been in the like seventy percent, if not like the high sixties. Um, every single thing was an armor break, and that either a stun or a knockout or a kaz, and it just kept going and going and going. And I could not get traction. I had like nothing to play with, and obviously goblins. Yeah, okay, you've got the low armor and everything, but there's a lot of them. And then <laughs> he he scores <laughs> on his turn eight. Obviously, my turn eight's about to come up, and I'm like, okay, great. He's going to lose his secret weapons. And he rolled two sixes <laughs> on the... On the, yeah, on the argue the call. And then yeah. he used a bribe to get... Um, and managed to get both of them. So he kept all three of his secret weapons through the whole game. Oh, that's um, absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. But to be fair, like Sam played those goblins extraordinarily well. You know, he maximized on every potential you know, outcome with them, um, and he went hard on the Kaz, like really hard on the Kaz. Yeah. It got to a point where I was like, I was like looking at him, I was like, what are you doing, Sam? And <laughs> I was like, why aren't you scoring? I think it was like turn two in the second half, and I was like, you know you can pretty much just farm touchdowns at this point. I've got three guys left. They're slow, and I can't really do anything about your goblins. And he was like, nah, I'm going to murder them all. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I walked past the table, and Sam was basically biting Milton's neck uh, as a show um, of dominance. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, was, uh, it was a good game, though. Like, It was an interesting game, like go I say. On, I was on, like, really, really off foot from the beginning. Rebuttal. <laughs> so I, I wasn't trying to pitch clear you, or and I wasn't, you know, just waiting out the clock so that I could pitch clear you. And basically, my worry was I'd used both of my bribes, and I wasn't going to be able to argue the pool anymore. I didn't think, so I knew that I'd lose all of my weapons and then kick off to you, and probably just have to struggle to dislodge the ball after that. Even if yeah, you couldn't score, fair. I figured I'd rather keep the weapons on the pitch and and get some more casualties rather than just stalemate to. To a two-nil win, that seems fair. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Although I, I still, I still, I still believe that. Like, I mean, I had a couple in the knockout, so yeah, I could have probably, what well, I could have fielded six players if I'd managed to get everything back. I think so, yeah. Um, but to be fair, only one of them was a big one, and like, t- uh, what, like two of them were blitzers. So it was mm-hmm. like I was, I was pretty much out of like most of my positionals. Um. And yeah, actually, you know, the interesting thing about Helmet is like he's not an expensive star player, but he was, like I say, he was he was traded out for like effectively like either a troll or you know another lineman and a re-roll. I mean, he's big guy price. And, he's the same price as a no, so, Yeah, exactly. And so like losing him on the first round was a significant chunk of the like the team value and the particular play style I was going for. Um which made made it quite challenging, but you know, I tried my best. I, I, but towards the end of it, I was just like standing up my vigor and just two die up a hill, blocking his troll every single turn, <laughs> and it worked, didn't it? Yeah. Like, like, I don't think there was a that. single like at that point where I kind of gone right, right. Well, I'm gonna have none of this. 
I was getting up. <laughs> I was smacking on. that troll down every single time. <laughs> so Sam, you um, pulled like did pretty well against Underworld in the first round, then pulled out a win against a tier one team, two nil and seven to what seven to one on casualties, seven to two on casualties. Yeah. How are you feeling about the goblins after game two? I so right off the bat, I knew that that game was kind of like a a freak of statistics. Um, I I wasn't too overconfident with them. Don't, don't get me wrong; I was like flying high. I was like, "Oh, I might come, you know, up half of the table or something." This could be this could be a steal. But I knew that the luck that I had against Milton wasn't typical. Um. I had no idea who I was playing next, uh, so I was just preparing for the next round. Yeah, of course, scoring the one win and one loss puts you in the middle with like what well, you'd expect to see some unlucky tier one teams and some average tier two teams, which yeah. can be a bit rough for goblins at that point. But BT, who was your round two match again? I was up against my bonehead tournament nemesis, Ooh. Joe Solo. Um, every tournament match. That- yeah, every tournament we've played in, I think we've played against each other. Um, we always seem to get matched. Um, and <laughs> last time I faced him was in Beachhead 2020, running the same corn list, or a very similar corn list I was running uh, yesterday, oh, last week. Um, and <laughs> in that game against him last time, he blitzed my bloodthirst on turn one with Deep Root and killed him um, before I could even <laughs> activate him. And uh, so I was just like, right, I'm getting revenge. And I turn one, blitzed his Kemri Tomb Guardian with my Bloodthirster and killed it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, man. Or I think I knocked it out the whole game. Uh, and yeah, it was it was just an absolutely sweet moment. Um, he was running Kemri with Wilhelm Cheney, um, two Tomb Guardians. Uh, yeah, so it was like a slightly less bash, but a little bit... W- like the speed of Wilhelm was a bit of a threat, though I was able to take Wilhelm out fairly early as well. Um, so with him Wilhelm down and a Tomb Guardian down off the bat, Kemri didn't really have what makes Kemri real a real threat. Yeah, that and just I was able to win strength. that one two now. Yeah, and yeah, uh, exactly. I was feeling really good about Joe's list going into round two. Um, Joe normally plays stunty, and he normally plays for the lols, and will just chuck the literally the biggest models you can fit on a blood bowl pitch on there. Like I could see his game, like I could see his game against Ben. I could see his models from the TO table in the big. Right, this was like thirty yards, and I could see his models. They were taller than me, and um, and his. I saw his list, and I, I printed off the list and checked it all off. I didn't even notice, like I didn't even comprehend the fact that he was not running all four guardians, and he'd gone for that Cheney build. Then he two owed Chaos Dwarves in the first round, and I was like, "Oh, we've got a sleeper hit here! Like this is this is big news, and we found a new bit of meta here." Actually, you know what? Two big guys is pretty decent. Cheney is very good. Like this could be this could be really something special. <laughs> and then Ben just ruffle stomps him. Um and continues just this this frenzy carnage. Um and to be fair, Joe's luck in the second round just stopped. And this is something that I think almost every table saw. It was really weird. First round, it felt like everybody had a fair amount of luck like nobody got stitched up 
everyone did what they were going to hear to do didn't quite go to plan but went well like they i felt like in the first round everybody was trading blows for blows like sam traded a dude for a rat ogre was happy with that you know uh, milton just traded a chainsaw for some tree people and um and then in round two, I started hearing, like, man, my dice are just, like, absurd. Like, Milton and Sam. Milton was like, my dice are average, but just we've got some James the Dwarf Lord dice on opposite me here. <laughs> um, and uh, and then Wayne was just like, I cannot roll anything. Like, I am just rolling ones for days. Saxby was just, like, rolling skulls for days. And um, and Joe Solo, just, just bless him, just his luck just dried up in round two. And... I remember at the end of it, Ben, you were like, oh, this is awkward. Like, I've 2 owed my own tournament now. This is... <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't like this. I was only meant to fill in the gap. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Um, yeah, it was, it was just one of those... Um, like like I was saying before, with, with Korn, it really is a team that you're either... They're super oppressive and there's just nothing you can do against them. Or... They apart. just punch themselves with the weight of dice. Like sometimes it 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 completely goes the other way. I've had games with corn, which are just an absolute. I remember playing undead in Beachhead, and got absolutely slaughtered because all of my frenzy dice were just into both downs, and that just messes you up. There's no real defense against it. I do remember Joe's Wilhelm actually. I didn't take him out. He blitzed one of my guys and rolled skulls into skulls, and uh, oh. he took himself out. I do remember that happened. Oh, that's just yeah. That, again, that's the Which last. Is horrible. You hate it. So, Sam yeah. and Ben, you're both goblin coaches and corn coaches. I feel like both <laughs> those teams are kind of like if it was just MTG, like they're combo. You know, they roll. If you roll hot, they are unstoppable. If you roll medium to garbage, they fall apart. I feel like they're actually quite similar teams in that regard. Whereas Milton with undead and orcs, they're very control. Like you can play them safely. You can let your opponent do that. Um, and I don't know. I guess goblins and corn because you roll a lot of dice, and if you roll five sixes and pals, you are going to win massively. I feel mm-hmm. like it's it's a win big or or win big or lose big kind of team. Same as goblins. Yeah, super aggro. Yeah, yeah, just all in. Really, really, really cool. So that led us to round three. Now, round three was proper exciting from a TO point of view because we had four coaches all at 2-0. So it's only a three-round tournament, but we had all four coaches right there were in for contention. So it was really straight away there now there were there were some coaches at five and six i think who could win if the guys drew out or something um but it was really there was two tables table one and two every one of those coach any one of those coach could have won the tournament and that was really awesome to see um so milton where were you oh you had another wobble match in round three i did yeah three wobblers against um, yeah i played in triple yeah, and his uh, Leprflings that he printed, his uh, his um, halfling team. I love that team. He's done a really good a, job with them. Yeah, it's a cool little team. It's um, it's very nice. It's come out really nicely, hasn't it? Um, yeah, that was a that was an interesting game because um, he was running Carla and Rumblow. That's it. Uh, yeah, it? Carla and Rumblow. Um, as part of his roster. And, um, yeah, so, um, as I said earlier, um, I, I got a blitz 
And I was like, I'm going to blitz one of the trees with uh, with helmet. <laughs> Walked up to the tree, failed the armor roll. Uh, he's now sat next to the tree. I was like, I haven't thought this through, have I? <laughs> next thing I know, tree casualties. First turn, tree casualties helmet. Oh, and I'm like sat there, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I guess if you only paint your guy one third, He's only going to play one third of the games, so it's really on me, isn't it? Um, I think. I think when it comes to so, chainsaws uh, and something like that, that again is another high risk, high reward thing. If that chainsaw had pulled off, you would have been dominating. If it doesn't work out, it leaves you really vulnerable. Like it's a really fun to, gamble. To, to be fair, I still murdered his team. I mean, like by the end of it, there was one halfling and the two trees, which are both rooted. Um, on the pitch, everything else was in the cas box. So uh, you did score six casualties um, in that match. Yeah, it was. Um, it kind of, it kind of tumbled quite early for uh, for Ian. Like he uh, he just got like one casualty after the other. It was the trees really. They rooted pretty much consistently every single. Oh, time that's, um at that's least rough. one of them rooted off the off um and then you know i mean it's difficult for me to get the walks away but if he punches one of them and he gets a double push then that's it i can just walk around him um and so that's what i did and so i just smashed my way through his uh his little leprechauns yeah, wasn't so lucky i took i took carla and rumblow out um, but i kind of had it in the back of my head that i wanted to sort of as payback for a uh, helmet um, <laughs> I think that was my really, game plan. Really I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't even bothered with scoring at that point. I was just like, I want to take his star players out. He's taken mine out. Um, still managed to achieve that. Still managed to score the two zero there against the halflings. Um, so do you know what though? Like the entire time I played, I forgot that the star players now have special rules, their oh, own course, unique rules. Yeah. And it it completely slipped my mind, and I think it also passed Trips's mind as well because I reading through it earlier today, I was like, pretty sure there are several situations where we could have used these special rules and we didn't. Um, so Rumbelo uh, gets basically mighty blow once a game when yeah. he knocks a dude down. Yeah, um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that um, Trips Carla. could have definitely used that. Carla von um, Dudar gets to reroll Dauntless essentially, or, or like yeah, triples. And Helmet, Helmet gets to basically pro? use Pro without Lona. Um, um, Helmet so uses he, he, single part as, 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 for, uh, uh, to reroll a single dice rolled as part of the armor roll. So you could have used it immediately yeah. to reroll against that tree at the start. Yeah, I could have. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, I think that's probably a really important lesson to learn. Like, the stars are actually completely different in this version. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've got a completely different outlook, and I, we will come come to this in a, in a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that was my takeaway from the tournament, was I need to learn how to use the stars better. I need to learn how to position better. I need to work on all of that. And I had a fantastic day. All three of my games were brilliant fun. I've got one win, one draw, one loss, which you can't complain about, really. Um, mm -hmm. 
No, that's that's Brilliant. not bad at all. Yeah. So, Sam, you ended up being on table four uh, in this game, and you ended up against Julian. Um, that's right, yeah. Whiskey uh, Who was it? Was he uh, Dark Hills? No, no, no. Uh, another Underworld. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Julian, yes. Uh, the uh, Portsmouth Game Shop. Um, that's the chat. Manager guy. Yeah, really um, nice guy. Really nice guy. In fact... What Milton just said about star players, you know what? I so I played both Underworld teams. Both took Hackflem, and I don't know what Hackflem's special one game, once per game ability is, but no one used it. Seriously, no one used it. Forgot, yeah. I think everyone forgot that star players had these like one mm-hmm. one use only uh, special abilities. So Hackflem's is awesome, and it's why I think he's in consideration all of the time for just being one of the best star players out there. Um, he. If he starts his activation next to a player with the ball on a friendly team, he can knock that player down and just take the ball. No, no handoff, no nothing. Just you walk a dude over, mm-hmm. stand him next to Hackflem. When Hackflem activates, that ball is his. Like it's just a basically a an auto catch where you don't. You can even blitz a guy with the ball carrier, stand next to Hackflem. He just takes the ball. Like it's amazing. Uh, so if that didn't even come up, that's just phenomenal that he's got that potential anyway you had yeah. a cool punga team to play against this time around um how did the game go uh so it was basically uh it was basically a repeat of round one oh, <laughs> same yeah. kind of deal yeah. where i was pressuring yeah so same same uh you know team that i was against i mean there was a slightly different build um but i was again forced to throw teammate for a touchdown early which I managed so twice in one tournament throw a teammate touchdown. Uh, so I, I managed it in like turn two or three. Same story, had to defend for 14 turns or so. But this time around, um, I'd apparently spent all of my luck points against Milton <laughs> because I got very nearly pitch cleared. I had two goblins left at the end, no trolls. Um, lost 3 1 in the end. Oh, yeah. Wow. And 5 2 on casualties as well. Yeah, the combo so fell apart. That, um, yeah, that's not to say that Julian didn't play well because he played really well, but he did so right at the start. I think he cast my chainsaw and my fanatic in one turn in the first turn, and he kind of looked at me and he was like, "I'm sorry," and I was like, "I'm going to stop you right there because I just did the same thing in my last match to someone else. <laughs> I know how it feels to be on both ends. Just play on and don't worry about my feelings." And then he didn't. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> and he did not worry about my feelings. In fact, he seemed to be doing the exact opposite and uh, deliberately trying to hurt them. Oh, man. That was uh, that was brutal. So you ended up having a cheeky win, a close loss, and a big loss, which for Goblins yes. is pretty decent. Like, a dominating win, yeah. a close game, and a, a fair loss. Like, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. You You piloted them beautifully. Now casualties you had a pretty decent run but then so did blood tithe ben you ended up in the last round playing against wayne and this is top table time here wayne is running these underworld and it is a win for it all kind of situation now um pretty much yeah uh something we didn't know until the end was uh the other two who were also in the running for the win uh, they had, they drew their game, so this this game was kind of it, um, the kind of the deciding game, and this was hard. Wayne is a seriously good coach. Um, he won 
Beachhead 2020. Um, And you could tell he just plays this so precisely. He did exactly the thing against Korn, which you need to do with his Snotlings, which is just the Korn Blitz is insane. You get one thing that is good on a Korn team is like half your players, you're paying for a Blitz um, because most of their skills only come into on a Blitz. He pretty much denied that. He just tagged all the key players with Snotlings, uh, including the Bloodthirster. So, like, there's just not much they can do except smack a Snotling, um, which then just sidesteps so he can guide the Frenzy into ways that, like, they he, he chooses where they end up. Um, and, yeah, it was... He just... He, he played my team. He he moved my team around. Um, there, was, there was very little I could actually do. I did take out his rat ogre i believe um i think i actually took it out with uh not the bloodthirster i think it's one of the heralds um nice still strength four and a blitz it's pretty good to get that on on him you um, had a couple of guard boys in there as well didn't you so getting that strength yeah. six for a decent block i mean when you're frenzy yeah, exactly. like that's a four die block at that point isn't it so that's yeah that's a pretty good situation to be in but yeah, it wasn't the ogre. It wasn't the rat ogre that was the issue. It was those snotlings, um, which I will add, he he modelled them as little rats. And on an unwell team, that's a fantastic idea. I Just thought tiny that was individual great rats. as well. I yeah. really did. Yeah, I really Proper did. good idea. Yeah, I might have to rob that idea. Uh, yeah. But snotlings are so fun. It's really difficult to choose, isn't it? Because snotlings are just so fun. So um, I think that's the thing that makes sorry. I think that's the thing that makes the underworld roster really good in in this edition. The snotlings just add so much benefit. And, to and that with team. swarm, they're free. Yeah, they're just yeah. free. You're exactly. going to have one or two every drive to just. I mean, fifteen k against how much is the BT now? One hundred eighty. Yeah. Okay, so that snotling tags that bloodthirster. TVOP wise, it's just absolutely what 12ing itself over making that cash back team value on pitch you're you're sacrificing the 12th player on your team that costs less than anything else in the game uh and it's just nullifying a bloodthirster like it's just that's just proper blue mage territory isn't it uh it's like i play my bloodthirster and you're like boom activate my trap card uh no go for you um yeah just hello sam would appreciate that one um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> binge watching Yu-Gi-Oh on Netflix. Um, right, so the game played out. You went toe to toe on the top table, basically for the win. And what was the score in the end? This was two nil, I believe, to Underworld. Two nil, um, six nil on casualties, though. Ben, you you smushed some yeah. face. I think most of those snotlings. Yeah, Hackflim really didn't do a lot in this game either. He wasn't. He wasn't the thing. The thing is, he's only at 180k, so he's just an option. Like, you don't need to yeah. use Hackflem. The rest of the team's fine, but if you need to use Hackflem, he's right there. Speed 9, uh, Edge uh, 0 plus all of the time. It's fantastic. So, Wayne did win, and with his team, Scars and Stripes, the Underworld team, uh, went and 3 0 the tournament, winning the day. Uh, his roster, one Rat Ogre with Diving Tackle. Now, that mixed in with Prehensile Tail. Quite interesting. Did you guys come across that at all? No, I didn't try and dodge. Uh, I uh, knocked the rat ogre out too early, I think. No, definitely <laughs> puts a target on himself with the with the with the roger there. Um, gutter yeah. runner with block, so that's a bludging gutter runner. Thrower with leader to get the third reroll. Blitzer with horns to give you a cheeky strength for blitz. 
uh, one of the Skaven had block as well, just to basically give you a second blitzer. Uh, three clam rats all in, one, two goblins, one, two, three, four, five, six notlings, and hack phlegm with two rerolls, and a bribe as well, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Uh, it was the horns blitzer, I think, was the MVP for him. Yeah, that was along along with the snotlings, of course, and like the swarming yeah. and that. Um, the yeah, the horns blitzer was really did a Just lot of damage. A cheeky really two good plus, pick. basically two die block anywhere you want. It's be, I mean, I'm a big yeah. fan of Skaven blitzers, so I'm on board with this. I mean, yeah. it was a cool team. Now Wayne is a great, he's a lovely guy and a heck of a coach. And now you've all played him at a bonehead tournament, which is quite cool. You guys played him this time round, and Milton played him last. Uh, yeah, Beachhead, didn't you, Milton? Beachhead, yeah, in the second round. That's a, a big old team. Yeah, they're four big guys, which are a big fan. Basically, Wayne, I love the choice of teams that Wayne goes for. I'm a big fan, big fan mm -hmm. of his rosters. And it's really cool to see this. So I think we'll just blitz through the final standings um, as they were in the end. So Wayne topped with 3-0 at 98 points. Lunch Money came along, which was really cool to see. So Lunch Money is a big deal in the Blood Bowl world. Um, kind of a top NAF guy in the local area. He brought his Undead from 1988, uh, Undead team, and went to and draw. I went for a draw in the last round that popped him into second place. David Lyons with an absolutely gorgeous Necro team. Um, really cool roster there basically running Wilhelm Cheney to do some great stuff he went into that he was the fourth player in the top four going in and again tied himself out um, Al got the ca most casualties with 16 all in on the day so that includes fouls and surfing we just wanted to make it nice and easy so 16 removal from lunch money on the day um, and Phil came in fourth with Dark Elves, taking the most touchdowns with eight across the day. He went two and uh, and a draw there as well. I think he won his last round. Uh, Julian went two and a draw as well for 75 points with the Underworld team, causing 14 casualties on the day, um, which is pretty decent. Then BT came in sixth with Korn, uh, 72 points, two and a draw, 12 casualties on the day. Then Dan... Uh, which was basically Blood Tie's first victim, came in seven place again with Dark Elves, two and a draw. Uh, six TDs, pretty respectable. Logan Creedy, who had a heck of a match in his second round. Now, Logan's a great coach and was running Lizards, really good Lizard build. Uh, ended up being a really close fought second round. This, this could have cost Wayne the tournament, um, but lost it 1-0 basically him and wayne both could not pick up the ball and when you've got high speed offenses like lizardman facing off against underworld it is whoever doesn't roll one the most and uh basically um wayne managed to pull that off against logan logan did really well on the day though 68 points then milton just outside top eight coming in with 51 points one one and one with the orcs and then the stunty cup went to sam frenzy garner Winning a second, a second bonehead trophy, maybe third. Knowing you, Sam, uh, doing a smashing job there. Forty-two points, uh, four touchdowns, four and fourteen casualties, four. Really nice. And this one was really close because one point behind him was Lee Garner, uh, who I've now named Lee both down Garner because of the way he plays his ogres. Um, after playing against him with ogres, uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'll just take the both down. Mighty blow. That's one removal for me. Huh? Uh, works for him." Um, his team was awesome. The Griff Ogrewolds won his first round uh, and performed very well all day long. One point behind Sam, 
for the, the Stunty Cup. Wicked. And uh, never let him live it down either. <laughs> we have both vowed not to take stunties to the next tournament that would be <laughs> as good. enjoyable as it was you know we kind of uh wanna uh, you, you time to win uh, yeah you kind of overperformed with the stunties both of you which is good then we had yeah. uh drew coming in 12th with the bacon street irregulars this team is beautifully put together and won the best team award it's the do i have a picture on the screen of this team i'm sure if you guys are even tangentially involved in blood bowl whether it's facebook or whatever you'll see he's got he's done a bunch of converted teams uh really commits there that was the sherlock holmes themed um halfling team which is pretty pretty cool so he won best team joe solo with the tomb kings after a dominating first game with the two guardians and uh, cheney build uh, had some awful luck in his second and third rounds and ended up going one and two um saxby the other tomb king team came in one point behind joe as well with three draws which is an interesting one for him um he was the four guardian build um, and just had average luck the entire day uh, and went and performed and ended up with that cheeky three draws. Um, then Adam with the Elven Union team had a horrible time with casualties, minus 11. Um, a bit of a, a bit of a kick in there. Avalanche played really well then. Then we had Killer Randall coming in 16th place with the Chaos Dwarves. Um, he had a tough time of it. I don't think a lot of stuff played out right for Randall, but it did. Killer Randall is always always pretty mighty. Um, did a lot of fouls though. And then Trips came in seventeenth with those halflings called the Lucky Leprechauns. I don't think they were all that lucky. Uh, suffered sixteen casualties, giving him the Chocolate Armor Award. And then Gary came in eighteenth with the Participation Trophy and I think the Wrong Game Award. And did an awesome job. Now the best thing, it was lovely to see Gary. I think he travelled quite away, but he was there. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he was there to play some Blood Bowl, but the entire day he was brewing up a Zinch team and it was so cool. Like in between each of his games, he was downstairs in Entoyment just browsing the shelves and we had a good chat. He was like, right, I think I can use these guys as the familiars what can I run as the Chaos Warriors for the Zinch team? Because it's just so cool. He's like, I watched the video and now I just really want to run this team. Um, and I just <laughs> absolutely loved it. I was like, Gary, you've travelled like three hours to come down here and build a Zinch team while smashing face with a corn team. It was wicked. Absolutely loved that. Um, it was so good. It was so good. So we had a bunch of cool teams. Uh, you know, we had one Necro, two Tomb King, a couple of Halfling builds, a couple of... Uh, other stunty builds, a couple of corn, which was quite interesting, a couple of dark elves, but underworld topping, two of those in the day. Underworld topping, undead next, necro next, dark elves fourth. Um, so two underworld in the top eight there. And corn uh, representing the outside teams with Mr. Bloodtive. So top eight was a pretty good bunch, and basically the teams you would kind of expect. It was great to see some tournaments it was great to see coaches and oh man did you guys enjoy yourself on the day very much yeah, yeah. it was brilliant yes, um, and uh, a huge huge thank you to Pete and the, the staff at Entoyment because they, they've done a fantastic job there you know like you said earlier with the uh, separation and having the yeah. big window open and everything and making the environment secure and you know it's just a it's just a fantastic place to go you know if you're into the hobby and you're into the area definitely uh, yeah. around the area at any point in time go check it out cannot i could not want to support entoyment more than i do um mm -hmm. if you're buying something online 
go with Entoyment if you can. Just support them. They're a great, great place. They help us out with the show, but they just, it's just, the place is brilliant and I want to see them grow and succeed because I always want them to be around. Um, it's a really valuable resource. Anyway, guys, was there anything else on the tournament? I mean, the obvious thing in the room is the star players, but I think we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, anything else on the tournament that you guys want to talk about or have we covered it all? Yeah. That's about it. All right, yeah. fantastic. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about the Isle of Wight nice and quick. Then we'll wrap up with these star player tiers. Okay, as we're in a bit of tournament heat right now, as the world is starting to reopen, and hopefully we can do so safely, uh, we've got a tournament coming up that we get to go to, which is the Isle of Wight Sand Bowl 3. It's in Milton's neck of the woods. Now he has emigrated to the Isle of Wight, and... Um, where it's really expensive to post things. It's like Australia and Isla White are very similar when it comes to posting things. So, um, Isla White, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday 24th, uh, big old day, four games, interesting tournament build order here. And I kind of wanted to talk about that. What we're going to do is we're going to chat through the event, talk about some of the ideas of rosters, and then we're going to talk about the impact on star players. And the reason we're going to talk about the impact of star players is because... Star players can be taken as part of the starting 11 players and every team must include at least one star player. Uh, this is their event after all. Uh, all NAF approved stars are permitted, i.e. all stars in the BB2020 rulebook and subsequent Mike's, uh, Spike magazines and Acorn is allowed as well, which I am super excited about. So it's 1200 TV. You have to take a star and it can be in your starting 11, which does help out some teams. It's a four round day. Uh, and you get one skill before each round. So game one, you got one skill. Game two, you got two skills. Game three, three. Game four, four. So it's a real like bonehead bowl was four, five, or six skills depending on your tier. This is only gonna you're gonna be spending most of the day with like two or three skills. It's really low value. So you kind of got to look at the stars for a build here. Um, so 1200 TV. It's a pretty chunky roster size. What? What? I mean, I have no idea what to take. We've got three weeks, or two and a half weeks, and just spoiled by choice. I don't know what to take. I don't know whether to go stunty heavy and take on the chunky stars, go hack phlegm for the lols. Um, I mean, Cheney's pretty decent at the moment as well. I mean, guys, what? I know, Sam. I know you can't make it, but you know, blood bowl rosters are always fun to brew up. What you know? What? What? what guys, what do you? Te- what teams do you reckon would be? would do well in this format at 1200 with at least one star and no skills my my first thought was skaven for this there is a pretty tasty skaven roster three gutters three re-rolls and hack phlegm and a roger as well and i think an apothecary it's it's wow it's a it is a pretty tasty roster now skaven don't need a lot of skills um having four normals across the day means you can start that roger off with probably on a skaven team potentially brawler um might be good i mean you guys have had a fun lot of time with frenzy this week and i feel like brawler is actually quite good on a on a strength five piece that's going to be frenzying and not blitzing or take jugs perhaps or guard i don't know there's just there's a load of good skills but you don't need any of them i think is probably the key when it comes to skaven um, with such a low skill package, I think that uh, well, any team which comes with skills pre-built is going to do well. Um, I, I want to say dwarfs because twelve hundred TV is big for them. 
and they don't need many skills. If you get four skills, you just four guard. Hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. the thing or... is, dwarves are good low, but they're good low with some skills because they do need yeah. they do need like two guard to start brewing up. I mean, first game is going to be good. You can fit, I think, uh, a, a death roller. I think it was roller maybe acorn in there and 11 I, players i wouldn't know the roller. No, but i was just like can you actually afford a roller yeah. yes do you want to probably never um better off just using I mean, the death roller model and using it as zug i was thinking humans yeah like they're pretty good in 2020 they're pretty good all-round starters and they've got access to some good star players that's mm-hmm. a really good point, actually. Humans at a million, are, you get everything you need. So yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, you're just topping them up with some some access to some some good star players. In fact, I think you probably play around with that eleven. You know, your star player being the eleventh player on the team, and you can look at taking someone a bit more expensive. You yeah. could um, easily fit Griffin to twelve hundred with humans. Yeah. yeah, and I think them as like. It's it's always difficult because you don't know what your opponents are going to take, but humans can kind of deal with a little bit of everything. They're the ultimate so it kind, yeah, yeah, and it gives you that kind of opportunity to uh, sort of shoot straight down the line. I do. I love orcs. Okay, I, when I was doing all the formation videos, I just chucked in like six, seven reps with every single team as I was going through them. And I fell in love with orcs on a like literally like bring it kind of four linebackers do it. I, I absolutely love them. The sad thing is they don't really have any great star players. Those cheap goblin stars and stuff that yeah. they are missing still. It really hurts them because when it comes to star players, I think Milton Helmer is probably the best one. You've got no fast piece. You've got no edge piece. You've got no scrapper sawhead. The best I could brew up in an orc roster was dropping uh, a lineman and fitting Grack and Crumbleberry in there, which was quite cool. Yeah. You got 12 orcs, three rerolls, four blitzers, four bobs, two linemen, uh, and Grack and Crumbleberry for 1200, which I thought was actually quite cool and could be really like, could be a really like, bring it on. I've got to do with sure hands. It's not a thrower, so therefore I'm not going to get bullied by all the other orc players. Um, and you get a ton of a ton of strength, and they don't need a lot of skills. I do think with orcs, if you want them to start brewing up, they do need three, four block skills. And I know I'm probably saying that because I'm friends with you, Milton. But I do think that they really start well, cooking when you've got eight block players. It's it's interesting that you say that because initially I was all like, well, I'm just going to run my uh, bonehead bowl team in. Pretty much in in this, With an extra um, I'll tweak. I'll, yeah, I'll tweak. I'll tweak it a bit. Maybe I'll bring a troll in um, with the extra money, obviously. But you're right. So massively suffer from the, the lack of skills. It leaves your biggins pretty pretty exposed. I know they're strength four, and that's great. But um, you know they do need those skills to kind of gain that momentum. And yeah, you're right. Um, Helmet is probably the best choice, and he's he's decent, he's fun, but he's not reliable as a you know as a chainsaw player. Um, and so he's one yeah, and done, they really kind of suffer from that. And and you know, having played uh, Bonehead, well, really enjoyed running him and everything. 
but it got me excited and it got me thinking and there were there were some really interesting teams at bonehead boys we've already discussed and yeah i'm now i'm now not 100 percent sure what i want to take to this i'm i'm, mm. I'm thinking my way through things I'm, I'm looking at what the options are and like i say i think I don't have a human team to take, but <laughs> if I did, I would definitely consider the humans. I, I think they're um, they are good. Potentially a really good, really good option here, um, and I like the Skaven idea. Although, yeah, it sounds filthy, but um... <laughs> and you get the Rat Ogre, which is quite. Uh, this is why I'm really contemplating the Skaven angle, but I don't know if I really want to go full on tier one. Now, Snotlings on the other end. You can take everything you could ever dream of. Two pump wagons, just a ton of stuff, and hack flam and just a bunch of bribes and, and riotous rookies. Uh, it's really tempting. There's some really tempting builds there. I mean, it's just it's just really interesting because normally you think tier one are going to be good because tier one teams have at four or five skills really start coming together. Orcs, dwarves, you know, those teams that need four skills to start yep. brewing up. When you don't have those skills, you need a star player to add that spice factor. And a lot of those mm-hmm. tier one teams don't have that style of, they don't have the hack phlegm to add a missing piece or just to double up on a missing piece. You know, there is, Griff is, I think, probably a really good shout when it comes to like humans and stuff. Is It's 280, which is a ton, but he's that add two plus piece. He gives you the speed and the agility as well as the strength angle. But I think if if they had like a fast movement eight player with high edge or something, that would be brilliant on a load of those teams. And where Chaos, Chaos have got some fun rosters in there as well because 1200, you can get a ton of stuff for Chaos. Um, You know, you've got that hack phlegm option. So you can take the thing that you're missing from your team that kind of counters from the skills. But again, Chaos need... Four skills to start brewing up. They need a sure hands and they need some block on their, their blockers. It's can, it, can Hackflam run for chaos then? Yeah, you pick a team. Hackflam plays for um, sometimes. I have a chaos team. Yeah, Hackflam mm. on a chaos build. 180k. You get wow. four four warriors, three rerolls, a uh, bunch of beastmen. I don't think you can fit a you can fit a minotaur in as well as Hackflam, but you have to drop one of your blockers basically. Okay, that sounds interesting. But I think the other thing here is that where you've got that ability to take basically a player instead of your 11th player, you kind of almost want to go in and take a star you wouldn't normally take or just kind of open up a build that you wouldn't normally be able to build. It's just that when you get into that price range, there's not a lot of massive game changes. Like, Morg is a beast, Um, but a normal team isn't taking Morg. Stunty teams, absolutely. Um, I really liked Lee's uh, Griff Ogrewald build. That was very good. And at, and at 1100. Um, so being able to chuck an extra 100k on there probably gets you another Ogre. Um, I think, yeah. So Lee didn't take rookies either. No. That's... But I think with... How much is rookies? 50k? 100. So you could just take yeah. his bonehead build. Although he had leader on a punter, I think, didn't he? He had no. leader on a punter. Yes, he did. And he had tackle yeah. on an ogre, which was genius. Yeah. Um, so you'd have to drop a re Oh, well, I suppose if you just took leader as your punter skill from game one, you could still backfill that extra re-roll that way and have griff yeah. and have rookies. But the downside of the ogre team is that rookies don't have swarming. And I really feel like that's such They're a... Not. No. Yeah, I feel like that's such a massive um, yeah. like loss 
from ogres versus two of the other stunty teams yeah i mean bt what are you what are you thinking you you set you got some ideas i think i'm set i think i'm set on um take trying to try and try out nobility in this one okay 1200 for nobility Um, you can get a very good roster but what star and how are you going to fit the star in so it's like it's like Sam was saying, the ability do actually come with a hell of a lot of skills um, off the bat, um, and pretty good ones for like play, that playstyle. So I was going to sort of double down on that, and I was originally considering Griff, um, but I actually have changed my mind, and I'm going to try him with Zug. And there's a couple of reasons. One is because I already have an ogre painted, and I can just run that <laughs> as Zug, um, so I don't have to paint up another star because so, I haven't got a painted Griff. Um, uh, the other reason is he gives you a block ogre that's really good with a really good ability that gets you add plus one to an armor roll when you knock someone down in a situation where you um, can't get skulls where you can't get skills sorry Sam and say so he doesn't have a bonehead either does he so no, he's, exactly he'll just give you a really reliable strength five piece yeah. to work play in your control game um, a little bit of extra removal and he's just yeah he's just a better ogre um and for yeah he's 220k which is quite cheap for stars in this edition you can squeeze um, that into a pretty reasonable roster especially if he can be your 11th player yeah. yeah yeah exactly so i think i i worked it out i'm taking three re-rolls two blitzers three uh four bodyguards a thrower and three linemen i think it is yeah well for that price you just build a million tv team drop a linesman and add zug pretty much <laughs> essentially yeah. and you do have that first skill if you need to go leader to pick up the third reroll which i think is probably mm-hmm. what you're doing ben that, that tv or I, either you... leader or sure hands um Ooh. technically leader is a sure hands but like <laughs> picking up the ball when the ability is a pain i do but... like sure hands in a tournament environment but it's weird yeah you know i I, but it I, works. I do like that in a tournament environment um, I'm also tempted for kick just for, to really double down on that control, um, but that might come later. I kick. think I need to be able to pick up the ball first. So sure hands round one, kick round two, just drop it right there along your bodyguards and just stand firm, wrestle, yeah, and dominate. Kind of the, the game plan, yeah. That is very cool. I did have one spicy build, ow, ow, hand, um, which was Glorial Summer Bloom with Pro Elves. So, Pro Elves, you can get a decent starting roster. I think it's three re-rolls, a thrower, two catches, two blitzes. Right? That's not bad. Glorial's 150, so you can chuck that on and actually upgrade. I think you can end up with two blitzes, a thrower, two, uh, three catches, three re-rolls, and Glorial Summer Bloom. She might be the 11th player, I think, but Glorial is awesome. All right, movement seven, strength two sucks, but this is not what she's doing. Edge two plus, passing two plus, but with accurate dodge. Lona three plus pass sidestep and that sure hands and uh once a game she gets hell mary pass um so hell mary pass i can't see being useful but that two plus plus with sure hands and then one plus plus with a quick pass or two plus plus short plus just makes that throwing game absolutely ridiculous that's uh what is that minus one minus all right the longer pass is not so great but a two plus move uh, so movement seven then six squares of throwing. She's got 13 square range. Catchers in this team have got nerves, okay, and catch. So they're two plus plus to receive the ball wherever. That's eight movement squares. That's 21 squares. Like, you've got Glorial five squares away from your, 
your end zone and with a cheeky two plus plus two plus plus and a dodge you've got a touchdown the downside of that roster is you've got no defense. The best defense you've got here is lining up vanilla elves and those two blitzers. And that's going to be a lot of work when you're playing against teams that are, for example, running Zug and six combat teams or orcs where they've got eight warriors on the pitch and probably a yeah. big guy or a chainsaw or some kind of removal piece. Like, I feel like this offense is unstoppable, probably more unstoppable than uh, Underworld. But you've got nothing to back it up. So I think Underworld are probably a better tier two pick. But this tournament doesn't have tiers. So you are kind of, doesn't matter what you take, you're you're even. Really interesting meta. Like, um, what, are the stars mandatory? Do you have to take a star? You have to take yeah. one star at least. Okay. What, what do uh, Chaos Dwarves get access to? Um, Hackflam? Yeah, because I was I was I was going to lead on from what Sam was saying about dwarves sort of starting with a lot of skills already, and, mm -hmm. and the chaos dwarves are, are not an exception to that, are they? Um, no. I think, unfortunately, I think the uh, teams of legend quite often get a little bit forgotten about because they're uh, not in the main book. Well, but that was um, why I was so excited to see Joe's build with the um, with the Tomb Kings at the tournament. Because I hadn't even considered two guardians and um, and Cheney, but yeah, Cheney isn't right. that option to bring in something that the team is missing, which is decent edge, decent speed, um, and like you say, Chaos Dwarves, where they've got access to Hackflem, that's that's a pretty decent build there. I mean, it's a it's a, a ten yeah. twenty Chaos Dwarf team with Hackflem on top. The only benefit well, here is that getting hold of a Chaos Dwarf team that doesn't look a little bit like hot garbage is is a little bit challenging. So. Uh, well, you could always go the uh, Killer Randall route. Yeah. He's got a wicked-looking Chaos Dwarf team. Skull so. Dwarves and Goblins, yeah. But then you're building yeah. a custom team. There's a, there's a couple of other cool... I mean, I do like the idea of Grack and Crumbleberry and Undead team. I just think that's quite fun. Um, <laughs> you know, throw a teammate with your mummies, Capera mummies uh, and, uh, and an Ogre. That's a pretty strong front. But I think, star players, you've got to consider the fact that they are going to have a star player. This is mm. this is kind of like you've got to take that into consideration. Otherwise, it is just top trumps with expensive players. So mm. Zug is great because he fits in with the team. And then you've got a decent team for defense because you've got four wrestle pieces and two movement seven block. Mm. That's a good secondary. Um, Orcs, good defense because you've got those four bubs to take on strength and you've got four blitzers to play safety. But when it comes to the kind of fast teams, like you can go lightning. So the Skaven build I kind of like, but it is going to be vulnerable. Although you've got Hackflem himself. And I think Chaney is probably going to be a really good pickup in this meta because he is a strength for safety. He's a strength for sweeper. So on D, you know, if you've got an undead build with Chaney, this is something I actually think is really tasty. Uh, or Tomb Kings. You've got that strength up front. You've got some block pieces. You've got some dodge pieces if you're running undead. And then you've got that massive strength for dude with frenzy. So he's basically going to be four die blocking anybody in the backfield. That's Hackflem gone. If they're trying to break through with Hackflem, if they're going for a cheeky breakout, it, I, I don't know. He gets his uh, once per game injury reroll, so you can use that against the star. Oh, yeah, just absolute removal. Oh. 
Um, there are no stars with tackle yeah. anymore, are there? Uh, I don't... Possibly one of the dwarves? Is, uh, does Grim have it? Yeah, does Grim have it? No, no, he doesn't. Block Dauntless, Frenzy, no. Multi-Block, and Thick Skull. Um, scroll. Now that that is quite fun actually. I like the idea of Grim and running a right. I like the very much. Like, be patient with me here. Two Slayers, Grim and Acorn. I think would be insanely fun. I don't think it would do very well at all, but that would be wicked. Like a three and a half yeah. Slayer team, uh, <laughs> just Corn Dwarves would be pretty fun as well. I've just seen there is one player. Lucian Swift has tackle. Mm -hmm. So if you can spare the $340 million <laughs> to run Lucian Swift and his friend. I like then... the Swift Twins. The Swift Twins do some great work, but trying to fit in a... You're just taking line elves at 850. Um, that's not fun. I just don't think that's going to be a lot of fun. It's It's a really interesting tournament. I like it. It's forcing us to look at star players, but it's forcing us to look at all the star players, not just the ones we would consider potentially S and A tier, uh, the ones who are game changers. So I'm stuck. We've got 14 days, I think, before I need to finalise and then panic build a team. Milton feels like he's a bit lost. Ben's got some painting to do, probably, undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> Sam can be our coach for this event. Just help us choose <laughs> decent teams. But it's a really interesting meta, and I do like this because, and this is where I think if you guys are happy, we'll move on to the star player conversation before we go into tiers, which is tournament results are coming in from all around the world now, and star players are being a massive thing. And you'll see on on, on the Blood Bowl community, there's a lot of like, should we ban stars? Like, should we ban their special powers? It feels like the meta is all about stars. If you look at our tournament, all right, there was two hack flems. One did really well. One did fine. And there was Cheney in the top four as well. But the other top four teams, no star players. Like, Undead was just vanilla Undead. Uh, you know, Corn was as vanilla as Corn can be. So it's like, and Wayne only just won. Like, he 3 0'd, but he 3 0'd and had to fight his way through. Like, this wasn't a cakewalk. This, this, and that's, that is good. I feel like you can still beat these teams and the teams with the star players that are massively potent, those star players are still vulnerable. I think we've just got to consider running a safety to take them out. And I think having that high strength, if you've got it, block if you've got it, tackle piece to be a safety early on in this environment is going to be really useful. So if you're looking at an undead build, that one first skill probably got to be a tackle wraith. A tackle white, you know, or a tackle wraith if you're running necro. Although I'd rather put tackle on a werewolf for the cheeky frenzy max out, because you're going to need somebody to sweep those breakthrough players to stop that like unstoppable touchdown situation. It's really interesting. What do you guys think about star players in the meta at the moment? Are they dominant? They are interesting. I think they have a bit more of a prominence than they might have had before. I think the abilities, when people start remembering to use them, will be quite game-changing because that is definitely something I think um, we're all getting used to, is being able to yeah. use these cool cool things. And I think Hackers is going to be so important to that uh, because yeah. of his uh, that's-my-ball-now ability. It's just an auto-pass, and then with extra heads and extra arms, he's doing everything else on a 1+, plus anyway. It's just... It's just awesome. 
Yeah, all right. Oh, God, I don't want to take Hackflem because I don't want to be that guy, but also he's awesome and I do want to take Hackflem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think so. I'm not going to the tournament, so you guys are going to have to let me know. But I think there's going to be a lot of Hackflem there. That's why I think having a high strength player to sweep or someone with tackle, I think Norse would do great in this environment. Um, you've got those two Ulf Warreners to be strength four sweepers at the backfield, and you can get them at TV 1000. They've yeah. got old world classic legend like level stars as well, so you can take Griff, you can take Zog. Um, you don't really want to because they don't have any difference making stars. I think probably the best star for Norse would probably be um, uh, uh, the girl worm, Carla. I feel Carla. like Carla might be a good pickup for Norse because uh, she's cheap at 210. You could take Zug and get that strength five, but you've already got the Yeti potentially. Um, 210 Carla actually fills out with the third strength four player, and this one comes with block. It's not the most exciting build, but then you're just playing high strength games. Um, Blodge as well, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Norse yeah. with Carla might be pretty, might be pretty good as well. On the plus side, the limited skill set means that Amazons aren't going to perform brilliantly um, because Amazons need six to seven skills to start being real spicy. Uh, that's... Well, they add a blitzer every game. So that's yeah, always... exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the skill package? How many blitzers do I have? Uh, Ten skills. Yeah. <laughs> All good. All good. <laughs> Wicked. So, Isle of Wight, do let us know if you're coming. Let us know what rosters you think are going to be good, and you guys are going to have to help me choose because I am stumped. It's basically going to be Hack Flem or Acorn, and I don't know which one to go with. So, nah. Let me know what your thoughts are. How much is Acorn? Eighty k. I wonder if we'll see a lot of Acorn just because he's cheap and people can then build their roster around that. Now, I actually went this route immediately. I was like, cool, how do I sneak in extra players? But at the same point, like it would work on a Dark Elf team. Okay, take Acorn, yeah. then you've got an 11-20 Dark Elf team, but you've got no skills. So you're mm -hmm. really not netting anything. And that's the thing. Is if you had skills on top of it, you could max out the players. You you don't have skills, so you have to use that cash to buy the skills via star players. So it's yeah. really interesting, really interesting. I'm just looking forward to eight games, uh, uh, four games. Sorry, eight games would be a, a stretch in one day, I think. Anyway, guys, we are going to bounce for a second, and then we're going to talk more star players. It's it's Milton time. It's the tier list. Okay, so we were chatting the other day and Milton just had this idea out of nowhere, which was about, actually, he was like, have you got a top rated star player thing? And I was like, yeah, no worries. Here's a top five Friday. And he was like, no, Ben, I need a tier list. So Milton, why? Like, what's the plan? Where has this come from? I think it's genius. And I've, I don't think I've seen right. it, but man, why? So, okay. So like, we've obviously had a lot of discussion about the star players. And as you previously mentioned, you know, we're getting all of this chat coming in from all of the tournament scene that the meta is around the star players, you know. Um, and so I was sort of sat there and I was like, well, that's all, that's okay. But, like, I don't really know very much about all the star players. And I could go through and I can read the stats and stuff and I can kind of make a best guess. But I've not played with many of them on the pitch because back in 2016, I kind of didn't really want to play with them kind of just wanted to play with my team um and there wasn't really much of an incentive to kind of pick them up and run with them unless you were in like a league game and there was a high disparity of uh 
inducement and even for some of the tournament lists you know we saw them but we didn't see them as frequently as i think we're going to see them coming forward and um i've seen these tier lists for like different video games in particular i've seen them for ranking dragon ball characters (laughs) um just about like how super saiyan you are and i'm thinking okay what are my s tier star players you know what are the ones that we're going to be seeing a lot of what are the ones that are really you know like really stand out and i was like and and then actually just dialing that back a bit and seeing what you know what's below that what's your a tier what's your b tier and what's you know c and d what aren't you going to be seeing a lot of what aren't you going to be picking because each star player obviously can only now that everything's pulled using the uh the the keywords um you've got a lot of different access to different teams but they are limited to those teams obviously you you know you've got a a very different selection to what you had in 2016 and that really has changed quite a lot Um, with the fact that they've all got cheaper and they've all been buffed with their special abilities as well which makes them more attractive exactly so i thought it would be fun to kind of create a uh a tier list with all the star players and we give it a go and um oh. see what we can come up with and um have a quick chat about it so milton i know you've put yours together so i'll pop it up on the screen if you want to talk through yours uh, we've all done one so we can kind of go through and compare as well just because i think it'd be quite good fun so milton Yours right. is so up on dis- the screen. Disclaimer to start with, I appreciate I have missed a couple of the star players off here. So we're missing Bryce the Slice, we're missing Acorn, and we're missing the new one, which is Max Spleen Ripper. Oh, we don't have rules um, for Max yet, so we're not... But we don't have rules for him yet. So it's really only Acorn and Bryce. Uh, they just slipped my mind, really. Um, but we'll not worry about that. Okay. So, yeah, so... Um, uh, I probably get absolutely slaughtered for my choices, but um, <laughs> yes, you will. Um, <laughs> Ben's like this is Warhammer Plus all over again. Uh, you, can uh, see him, you can see him twitching. He will not pay four ninety nine a month for this. How could you? <laughs> so basically, like my first two picks were Gretchen and Hank Flem, and I went for I went for Hank Flem right at the top there. I mean, we've discussed him a lot mm-hmm. already today. He's, he's been discussed he's a lot bad. in our like league chat. He's 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 obviously good. You know, his special rule is great. Gretchen, on the other hand, I feel womp womp. She's right <laughs> down there as probably my like lowest choice. I mean, I I, I like the Games Workshop model, and I have a lovely Punga model of her, but. I don't suspect I'll be seeing very much of them. And so I kind of I kind of went less about like power rating and more about like what I thought I was most likely to see played in exhibition play. So what I'm most likely to come up against, what I'm likely to see a lot of, and that kind of came in as a combination of things like um cost and the access that they've got, so the different teams, the teams that we see of course, again, you know, we we come back to the Hatflem idea where we're probably going to be seeing a lot of Underworld, a lot of Skaven, um, maybe even a few like Chaos teams throwing in the, the Hatflem um, upgrade. And so, yeah, it was him. And um, I put Chaney up there because I think Chaney's great. I think he's by far the, the best Undead star. 
Um, I agree with that, definitely. And now I think the best way to describe S tier is their game changers. So Hackfan, 100% S tier because he just gives you everything you need to almost any, any like half the teams in the game can just take a strength and agility boosted gutter runner for the lols. Like, oh, that Chaos team, slow and bashy. Nurgle, slow and bashy, no agility. Have a hack phlegm. Um, and all of your problems are solved. It's literally like voting for Pedro on the Blood Bowl pitch, this one. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, so um, Ch- Chaney's an interesting one, though, because, of course, yeah, Necromantic, you've really got wolves and stuff. But Undead, uh, Vampires, and uh, Team Kings, mm-hmm. all quite slow. I know, I know you've got the ghouls on the Undead team, but they're super fragile. Um they're not super reliable in my experience. And so I think Cheney really kind of stands out for that, that undead coverage, really. Um, you so get I've, movement I've eight up there. and strength four. Like, it's, yeah, just, and it's just really good. I've, I've, I've played a lot against werewolves, haven't I, uh, Bloodtithe? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> including strength four werewolves <laughs> in the last season. I've, uh, I've killed I've many a lot. I've, I've, yeah, I've spent many a time slaying a lycan throat. <laughs> um, uh, different kind uh, of underwork with a ghost. They're, they're, yeah, they're, not a, they're not easy prey. So, uh, <laughs> so those are Milton's S ranks. Who's coming in in A um, rank for you? Yeah, so I really like Grack and Crumbleberry. I think they're really accessible. You know, any team can take them. Pretty sure any team can take them. Yeah. Yeah. Any team. Um, and I think you know, in terms of like tournament tournament standards, you know, when we've got things like the uh, the Sand Bowl the packages with the stars and whatever you've got some wiggle room particularly for stunty teams you know people like taking their stunty teams you've even got some of the more like mid-range teams where you can sort of squeeze crack and crumbleberry in and um you can make some really interesting builds around them as you, you know you've already mentioned griff is solid just straight through isn't he i mean He's got that old world classic access, which covers quite a few teams, actually. Um, I think, you know, as you've thirds. mentioned, Lee, yeah. Lee had his uh, Griff Ogreworld build. You know, I was saying about the humans. I mean, you can squeeze Griff into into a team like that for like Sandball, for example, and, and really round them out. Um, again, uh, Car- Carla's in a similar position, really. She's a bit cheaper. Um, you, you know, Halflings you can get her into that. And so I kind of felt like she would be quite a popular option. Um, we'll see. I've, I've, I've picked Rumblo as well. Um, because I think a, I see a lot of halfling teams. I mean, to all the tournaments I've been to, I think there's always been at least two halfling teams. They're a popular, popular choice. It's because they're so cheap and just, they become a canvas for just, star players. He's just an obvious pick for them, right? Like, why would if you can, why would you not take him? Um, and I think his special rule is great. I mean, he gets like a free mighty blow, basically. Um, so yeah, I, I've I've stuck him in there. Probably a bit controversial, maybe that one. Um, and then I know you picked up on this before. You said to me, "Oh, what have you done with your your B tier, considering <laughs> your current uh, choice?" But Actually, I think you summarized it really well, which is he's, he's just a pick out best. of necessity. He's just the best because access they've got. He's the best got. out of yeah. Yeah, he's just the best access they've got. He's not that expensive. He's a bit of fun. If you've got to take a star player, you've got to do something with him. Yeah. Um he's he's your go to. Um 
Morg is expensive, obviously, always. But when you've got like high TV teams and whatever, I, I, you know, he is just an all-round great star. You know, he's always kind of been, uh, albeit always expensive. Um, and then Deep Root, I'd love to see some, again, some some uh, stunty teams with uh, halflings with uh, with Deep Root in it. And then the others, I mean, I don't care about any of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, lads. So looking at Milton's list here, is there any, I mean, what do we want to do? Do we want to look at each years and then argue about the differences? Or, or Ben, have you got any, like, things you want to point out that you find uh, offensive about this list? Ben's Can we call, out, we call out the BS as it's shown up? <laughs> yeah, like, what is that that you've circled? <laughs> Milton. Oh, okay, tell me, Milton. Defend yourself here. <laughs> Milton How has Zug. To be fair, Zug was one of the ones where I kind of just like glossed over him. I was like, I don't really know anything about Zug. Don't want to know anything about Zug. Nah, he can go in the bottom. <laughs> so yeah, Milton has gone real heavy on the D tier. Uh, Gretchen, there. Zolkath the Zote, yeah. fair enough. Um, Glart and Roxana and Eldril and Grim and Zug. Oh, harsh, I think. I think it's just because yeah. uh, orcs can't take any of those, so they are, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> dead do, to Milton. Do you know what? Do you know what? You can, you can very much see where like all the elves are sat, because I will never pick up another <laughs> elf team ever again. We'll see, we'll see. But it's uh, interesting, though. Milton, just look at your tier list. You're right. When it comes to star players for orcs, the best you've got is B. Like You've got a cheeky B tier, and then it's Farag and the goblin Varag. and that's it so uh, bef- i have to i have to come clean so before this was s a b c d this was uh i think it was sort of saiyan was the s tier and then it was pretty good was the a tier and then good was b and then c was so so meh and then we kind of got down to d and i was like no but varag sat in disappointingly like uh, underwhelming, you know. I, I agree like, with that. I think he, I do think Varag he, is a is a underwhelming star versus his price. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's like his miniature is great. It's in the box set. You know he's got all that history with him, and like you say, he's got access to the orc teams, whether it's the I mean all the green skin teams basically. And I think he's just not the difference. Not is there. He, he doesn't just, give you anything you're missing. He just gives you more of what you've already got. Like orc teams, you've got four blitzers, four black orcs, a troll, and then oh cool, I can take a star player to give me strength five. <laughs> Why? Why do you need that? Like that would be like being like, I have a gun collection. Cool, I now have a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, an odd one. Do you know what the point of this exercise was to educate myself about star players? So I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have have got because I'm sure you'll have completely different perspectives on it. All right. And, uh, All right. Who who wants to go next? Let's. Uh, ben is uh, looking happy about it, so I think we should go with his. Okay, let's go with Blood Tithes roster here. So Ben, what have you got for us? Yeah, mine's quite different. I initially thought I had the exact reversal of A and C from Milton. Um, so my S tier, I've, I've stuck. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you've done that. For both what of them, actually, what is ben. this? I, think I know exactly what that is. Oh, Ben is trolling here. I'm not trolling. Okay, right. I'll go to my D tier. All right. Morg and the Swift Twins. 
Morg is infamous because he is just so expensive you never actually see him on the table and he just doesn't do that for his price like why pay for Morg when you can pay like 150k less for someone who does the same thing um because strength six is a bit redundant his special mm. ability is really kind of pointless because if you're throwing teammate with Morg you've wasted 340k <laughs> um and yeah, I just, I, I just, I've never liked Morg. I like him, his character, but I've never liked him as a star player. I feel like you are only picking him just for the novelty of picking Morg. And the Swift Twins, we've, we've said they take up like that. They're just very expensive. Oh, Swift um, Twins are borderline unbuyable. I'll, I'll, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. You'll never have that on an elf team. But come on, man, Gretchen in C tier. What? Oh, what is? She should have her own tier underneath them. G tier. I'm, I, I think you guys are okay. I won't. I won't lie. She's trash. She's garbage. But I think you're you're being a little bit too harsh on Gretchen. I think she has potential. Yes, she's really expensive, but she can still be annoying. I'd still rather have her than Morg. I will say that. Can't even pick up the ball. <laughs> doesn't need to she doesn't need to be her yeah okay she's pretty rubbish <laughs> that's a fair point actually I mean, she, I hadn't even considered she basically that. just takes up a square on the pitch and that's it like yeah oh, i get what they're saying like she may be trash but she's affordable trash yeah. that's what places are in c tier <laughs> just yeah you, exactly. you, you can actually buy her therefore she's above yeah. the unbuyable tier that's All pretty right. much what my seat here is. It's ones that you don't really ever want, but you can actually buy them. <laughs> no. I've... Can you fit Morg into like a Snotling team or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, there but, we but, go. But Ben is, ben is right. <laughs> At that point, actually, are you not better off taking another two star players? Um, That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah because, because you can take Morg for 380, or you can take uh, Hackflem and uh, 200k of something else. Like you know, basically almost the Zug. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's basically yeah, Hackflem and Zug. Uh, yeah. Or you, you know, they can't both go on the same team. But anyway, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's a tough one. I think Hackflem just throws out that kilter. Um, uh, A tier, A tier, well, S tier, Ben, Griff, Hackflem, Wilhelm. Is that all yeah. that they are game changers? Yeah, same reasons as before. I've stuck Borak quite high compared to Milton. I've put yeah. him at A tier, and that's purely because like so cheap, you guys or... might have disagreed with this but he comes with a re-roll he does so come with half a re-roll yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. consider him being 50k off his price because half a re-roll he's 210k for a pretty decent dude yeah sure he, he he's like bowling for some reason but um he's that's, pretty that's, good at that's it. thematic so, but he's mighty blow block no. isn't he he is still Mighty Blow Block, yeah. yeah mighty so blow I think block. 210k for a Strength 5 Mighty Blow Block piece is a cheaper Zug. So. Yeah, he, he's just yeah. Super Chaos Warrior, isn't he? He's, that's mm-hmm. what he does. Okay, okay. Now what you're going to have to do is sell me on Paul Glart Bullcock ball <laughs> because I, like, I don't get it. Like, what? <laughs> he's, okay, Glart is sub... He, he's sub 200k so he's in the cheaper cheaper end of the, some of the stars he's a really solid piece you know you've got a strength for blitzer with grab juggernaut claw it's pretty much skills you'd want on your blitzer with a stat up for 195 okay, but, but who what teams do you see taking it underworld normally he's normally the it. counterpart yeah, to hack yeah but and well <laughs> so this is the thing isn't it if you're taking hack 
what are the chances that you're also taking Paul? <laughs> well, we can't. If, if all of these are ranked against Hank Flem, they'd be all on the bottom and then one at the top. <laughs> I still I, think I Gretchen would be mean, under I them. I get it. I get it. A hundred percent. I get it. That's fair enough. That's fair comment. And, oh, guys, uh, probably guys, underwhelming. And I think Gretchen is the same price as old Reroll Chaos Lord. That's just and like Milton said, it's got no arms. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is bad. You can knock her down to detail. Poor Gretchen, <laughs> lovely model. Like great, to, great, great to use as a wraith in a necromantic team. Yeah, yeah. G tier. Uh, that's pretty much yeah. And B tier, all the ones that you kind of described, where it's like they do, they do stuff. the thing they do pretty well, but you can always have better. There's better. There's worse ones. They're just average. Yeah, yeah. All right, I like that. Sam, should we bounce to yours? I liked yours. Can do. Yours was quite good. <laughs> yours was quite good. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love Sam. Sam committed. <laughs> Sam has uh, has D tier, C tier, B tier, A tier, and dwarf tier. Uh, <laughs> talk us through your list, Sam. Talk us through the tiers. So I didn't. I didn't have a lot of time to work on mine, so a lot of mine is born out of total ignorance, I'll admit. <laughs> and bias. Um, apart from the dwarf tier, that's, <laughs> you know, provable scientific fact. Um, <laughs> so Gretchen, again, like we've already covered, useless. C tier are the guys who... So uh, Zolkath, I don't think we'll ever see him. Rumbelo, like halflings are going to probably take Grack and Crumbleberry. You know? Uh, mm mm-hmm. Galar, again, Hackflem's there. The Swift Twins are too expensive. Um, B tier are what I think are the ones that will get taken if they can. Like, if you, like you said there, you've got Helmet, Borak, Zug. They're like mainstays. A tier are... I, I didn't realise at the time, but I basically picked out what I think is the archetypal star for each like race. So you've got Griff, yeah. Varag... Um, Hacklem, Eldrill. Eldrill is special to me because of the Fumble League. He put in an absolute shift for uh, my high elves a couple of times. And he is good. He is solid. Yeah. Um, Morg probably shouldn't be there. Like you said, he's too expensive. But he is—he's the face of Blood Bowl, isn't he? You know? he, he is. Yeah, is but fair. he is rubbish. <laughs> so I just figured he—he kind of has to. I don't, be there. I don't know about Rox, Roxana. Is it Roxana? Yeah. Yeah. The dark elf. Yeah. I think. I mean, I'm 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 not sold on her at all. Oh, she is really good. Team. She is really good, but she is very expensive and kind of suffers the swift tin, <laughs> swift tin, the swift twin problem of just not being affordable in an elf team. So Roxy used yeah. to be taken all the time on Amazons because Amazons just had free money. Um, hardly ever got taken in elf teams now she's limited just to elf teams i don't think we'll see her very often she's a great player but it's a lot of cash it's just probably better to have two witch elves um or glorial uh from an elf point of view because she does stuff your team doesn't do where roxy kind of falls into the varag trap of just does more of the same stuff although at least she's edge one plus and like has crazy god uh, goddess abilities um, actually like yeah. she was D tier for me for a while uh, sorry C-, C tier for me for a while and then I actually bumped her up to B at the last minute just because 
like yeah she's expensive but at least i feel like you do get what you pay for with her just because she is extreme she 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 will win you a game if you can if you can buy her but she yeah. is just really I, I do like that i think that's pretty well reasoned out i think the only thing i'd pick out is wilhelm being b tier but i guess yeah. you've got you've got him under griff and hackflem so i can i can understand that uh, Confess, I know nothing about Wilhelm. Fair enough. I didn't get to see him in action at Bonehead Bowl. I know he's a werewolf, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew that he played for undead teams, and I was like... Do they need him? Is, like, do, do they need him? Can they ever afford him? Kind of thing. Mm, I like that. Um, With um, Wilhelm, I think one of the reasons, at least for me, that bumped him up is his ability, which is very powerful. Um. I believe it is, yeah, you can re-roll uh, yeah, once per game when making an injury roll against an opponent, you may choose to re-roll the result. So he can re-roll an injury die, an injury roll, which is really good because he will get them. Um, yeah, strength four. That is really sweet for him. He's going he's gonna to break armor yeah. at some point, isn't he? He is yeah. definitely going to break armor. And he's got wrestle as well, so he's like an ultimate safety. So he may not have tackle, but frenzy wrestle... Strength four means he's four die block it. If you need someone to, Wilhelm might be a really good counter to Hackflem. He's just going to four die that punk. Uh, he also he's great in a tournament setting because like also worst case if you're running your undead team or your slow team like Milton said or Kemri team, you can hand off the ball to him and he's got catch and he can reroll that and run it into the end zone because he's still movement eight. So he just like he's got that play as well. I like that. He gives yeah, the team yeah the mini, wouldn't it? Huh? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It'd be great if we had a mini. <laughs> All There's right. loads of wolves out there. You can, yeah, you can do it. So that brings it to mine. Um, one more zoom in there. So S tier, I've got Hackflem and Griff for the obvious reasons. They help your team do stuff the team doesn't normally do. Griff just adds an edge bonus to every team so ogres all of a sudden you've got a agility two plus plus guy you know humans dwarves whatever you've got agility plus you know high agility and good speed hack phlegm exactly the same thing a tier i had wilhelm a little bit under so i had wilhelm at that lower element he's got the same agility as the team but he's got good speed and good strength like he is a toolkit piece um where's my little drawing thing so he's a toolkit piece carla Toolkit, Zul, uh, Zug, Toolkit, Glart, Toolkit, and um, Old Bony Boy, uh, Morg. They're all Toolkit pieces. They just fit in like uh, elements of the green Thunderbird. So, you know, Carla's cheap enough. She can go in most teams and does cool stuff, but is not as good as Griff. Zug does cool stuff, but he's just a boosted ogre. Morg is very expensive, but, I mean, he's got good edge. He's got good strength. He does good stuff. He's got no bonehead. Like, I like him, he's powerful. Glart is good because he's cheap. And, you know, for, for 380k, you get two star players in there, one strength four claws block. It's just, he's a bit of a bruiser. Um, B tier is other stuff. I've got Deep Root because Deep Root's good, but he's just fine. You know, Grack is fine. Helmet is fine. Uh, Grim is fine. Sheep Boy, fine, but not as good as Carla. Um, the Black Goblin, good, but is his own game plan if you're playing a black goblin roster you're playing mm -hmm. a different team so it's like saying yeah. i'm playing black goblin black orcs means ah you've gone bribe heavy and heavy guard heavy and you've got a dirty player the stuff out of things um grack and crumbleberry again you're playing a grack and crumbleberry team 
and Glorial Roxy. You are playing a Glorial or Roxy team at that point. So this kind of fills out like this is warps your team for the better. A for me is just toolkit to help your team do more stuff. Uh, B, you've got a specific build in order, really. C is other stuff who are fine and can be taken. Maybe, probably priced these guys wrong. Swift Twins, I just don't think, can be taken. Uh, Varag is alright. The White Dwarf's cool, but very much, I think, like uh, Willow, is just not the best way to spend 200k. Like, Willow is great, 150, but I'd rather have a reroll in an extra positional for an elf team than Glorial. Uh, than, uh, than Willow. At least Glorial's got sure hands and does cool stuff. I actually wonder if Glorial should be better. It's just that elves don't normally, can't normally afford her. Um, Skrull is awesome, but he's a meme. But actually, Skrull and the White Dwarf are meme players. Uh, and yeah. Varag just doesn't do anything different. Old Beastie Boy here with the reroll for the for Borak is probably pretty good. I, I like that. And then D tier, Gretchen, because she's just garbage. Zolkath, because the teams that can take him, i.e. just don't need him, and they don't need him at that price, and he doesn't do anything special at that price no. to make him worth it. He's 230k, which is fine. Like That's achievable, that's affordable, but Zug is 220. Zolkath is faster, and he's got Juggernaut, and he's got Mighty Blow, Sure Feet, Movement 5. He's, 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 he does a lot of stuff better than Zug, but he's Lustrian and Elven Kingdoms. Like, with all due respect, Lizardmen already have a Croxagore, and he's almost half the price, and Elves can't even afford their own players, let alone fancy <laughs> Lizard ones. So, yeah, Zolkath best is just benched, and then you've got Frank, and Frank is a, such a cool idea of a player, but he's just got average stuff for... He's 250, I think. He's just another yes, strength yeah. five piece. Most teams can take Zug instead, and you just take Zug instead at that point. Or if you want to pay two fifty, like why would you ever take him instead of Grack and Crumbleberry? Like I know he doesn't have Bonehead, but Grack and Crumbleberry comes with another player, and that player has sure hands. And what does the undead teams not have? Generally speaking, Edge three plus and sure hands. So you're at least getting a bit of toolkit there, and you create that punt version. Whereas the Golem just brings not a lot. Like it's just thematic and cool but if you want to use frank use him as a mummy use him as an ogre on your human team don't use him as a star player. don't use him as he is because i just don't think he brings anything that for me was my list who's who have i rated too high who have i rated too low what do you reckon i, I, I think it's pretty well rounded but actually really interestingly you've got what uh you've got Griff, Carla, Zug, and Morg all in A and S, and so I come back to the human roster for you know for Sandbowl. I think you've got some incredible access there. Uh, you, um, yeah, humans are well represented, and I mean, um, Undead have got Wilhelm, and then Chaos have got Pulmart and uh, and Hackflem. They've got good options, and mm-hmm. you know. I think- Sorry, mate. I think despite like quite the like differences between all of our lists, there are some very clear like top and very clear bottom choices. There's a lot of difference in the sort of A to C tier. But um yeah, you can see that Griff, Hackflem, Cheney all sit up there and that Gretchen and Zolkath and and, and Frank and, and a few of the others are and Varag are sort of Definitely subpar. 
Um, <laughs> okay, so if I included Acorn on this, where would you all put him? S. <laughs> For me, he is a meme player. I, I don't even know where I'd put him. I think but he is. Then. He is a meme. I think he's C. Like, I he, yeah, I, I agree. Like, you can take him, but you're not gonna like. You're gonna be doing a specific thing. Like, yeah, I I don't think he'll make much impact, but he's cheap enough to not have to worry about that. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, oh, no. oh, oh, Milton. What about um, Acorn backing up an orc team? Yeah, oh, you don't have the skills in this format, do you? That's the problem. Not really. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. The reason, the reason I think he's genuinely S tier is because one, he's the cheapest by a long shot, and a lot of teams can afford AK. Um, the also, yeah, he can play for any team, so that's a big bonus. Um, but also, especially after playing against how annoying and how hugely buffed Snotlings made Underworld, in my opinion having just sticking on a super snotling onto your team i think can do you wonders he goes wherever you want him and he's actually a threat as well um he sidesteps wherever you want him, and then he jumps up and dauntlesses with a, an extra d6 on the thing that knocked him down yeah <laughs> he, he gets, he gets to re-roll dauntless doesn't he yep so. and it, it's not a once per game thing either he just re-rolls dauntless so <laughs> does he really yeah. i thought it was it's, once per game yeah oh mate it's that's once awesome. per game Oh, that's yeah. awesome! Wow! Brilliant. Oh, that's awesome! No, that is that is kind of game changing, isn't it? Ooh, With maybe. frenzy as well. I'm just glad he doesn't he have right just, stuff. Yeah. I wish he had right stuff. That would just be amazing. Yeah, you could throw Acorn. <laughs> that would just be so good. Because then it would it would allow Brilliant. a throw teammate role for. I mean, he's got no hands, so he can't do stuff. But at least an ability team could sneak an Acorn in and just use him as ammunition, and then he just gets yeah, up, definitely. jump up, frenzy. Dauntless <laughs> suicide yeah. for eighty k. He's fantastic. He's great. He's great. And we missed Bryce the so, slice, but I think he probably fits yeah. underneath Wilhelm. Uh, underneath helmet. Helmet's cheaper. Yeah, I was going to say I'd put him in C tier. I don't... Yeah. And then you've got Max. I, I don't think he's your first pick for an undead team either. Uh, I think Max is probably going to be here as well, uh, unless he comes in at strength four. But I don't think he does. I think he's got like stand firm or something. No, so actually, this will be really interesting because winding all the way back to the beginning, we have seen some new star players announced for Blood Bowl 3, and come what may, when Blood Bowl 3 comes out, those star players are going to have stats for the 2020 edition. And so I'm expecting if if Games Workshop haven't like already brought out a supplement that includes those star players and their stats for the tabletop, we're going to be ripping all those stats out of the game and playing them on the tabletop. Definitely. And so this list may well change. So I think it's going to be really fun to come back and review this at another date. And um, I think it'd be really cool if, uh, if Ben, you, you can put the link out and anyone that's listening to the podcast that wants to have a go at this, I will, uh, I will make sure that it's all up and running and you can go on Tier Maker um, using the link and create the list and share it out with us. So we can have a look at what you guys think. Um, That's great. Try not to send, send us you. too much of use for our choices. <laughs> no, I genuinely want to, to hear what people think, especially as we, we're seeing all this stuff in tournaments now. But like you guys yeah. have all said, there's definitely a trend there with some star players that are just 
worthless because there are others that just worth so much more. Like if there was no Hackflem, Glart would be S rank because he'd be omnipresent in those teams and he'd be providing that boost. But why would you ever take him when you can just take Hackflem? Like, and that's mm-hmm. that's a really big thing right now. Anyway, guys, yes, please jump on. I'll put the link in the show notes. Do the tier maker. Let us know your tiers because this is really interesting. Uh, and we should probably do it for teams as well at some point because that would just be excellent spice. But I think for now, we've been talking about Blood Bowl for like three hours. So we should probably wrap it up. Thank you all very, very much for listening. And Sam, Milton, Ben, thank you very much for hanging out and talking Blood Bowl. Thank you for coming to the tournament. Um. It's great to have you. So, Sam, thank you very much. Sorry you can't come to the Isle of Wight, but you'll have to, we'll have, you have to live vicariously through us and our uh, trio of Acorn players now. Um, and uh, <laughs> and Milton, thank you very much for going on to all the effort of building the tier maker thing. I am also yeah, quite excited to see what people come up with. And BT, always nice to talk yeah. Blood Bowl with you. So, uh, always. Thank you very much, guys. We're going to disappear. We'll catch you soon. Happy blocking. <laughs>